This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3498 for Wednesday the 29th of December 2021. Today's show is entitled, Linux in Law S01E45, The Big Xmas New Year Bash with the Trumpets. It is hosted by Monochrome, and is about 135 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, the same as the title so I'm not going to repeat it. Linux In-Laws, a podcast on topics around free and open-source software, any associated contraband, communism, the revolution in general, and whatever fancies you tickle. Please note that this and other episodes may contain strong language, offensive humor, and other certainly not politically correct language. You have been warned. Our parents insisted on this disclaimer. Happy mom! Thus, the content is not suitable for consumption in the workplace, especially when played back in an open plan office or similar environments. Any minors under the age of 35 or any pets, including fluffy little killer bunnies, your trusty guide dog, unless on speed, and QT Rexes or other associated dinosaurs. Hand rolling. Hey. This is something remotely known as Season 1, Episode 45 of The Linux In-Laws. Good evening. Season 1, man. Why is this season... Uh, anyway. Season. You do seasons? Season one. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. As you probably have guessed, the listeners, now we have the Grumpy Old Coders back once again to share <laughs> their thoughts on 2021. <laughs> As in the great Christmas and New Year's and uh, New Year's episode. Yeah, exactly. Yay. Hi, nice to be here again. Welcome. Right. Yes, Bro, thanks for having us. Us. How is the grumpy coding going? Grumpy coding <laughs> is doing very, very well, man. It's, it's good, up. Good. Grumpy <laughs> coding is up. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. In in twenty twenty two, right? Grumpy coding will be the new big thing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so you got rid of the old. Uh, no, actually not right. But the question was phrased this way. So oh, anyway, yeah. Um, do we need to introduce ourselves? I don't. Yeah, so, you right? probably do actually. For the, yeah, we're not that well known. Yes, exactly. Now, now is the time to do some marketing. So, to- Thomas, maybe you start with <laughs> with introducing yourself, and then I go. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, yeah, I'm I'm Thomas. I'm being paid for writing software since 2004, so I've done it for for a little while, and uh, currently I work for AWS. That's me. And your Which is Amazon Coda, Web right? Services. Of Amazon Web Services. Yeah, that's yes. right. Jeff, yeah. if you're listening, the email address is sponsor at linuxinlaws.eu. <laughs> yes, we're still waiting. Hi, Jeff. For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is David, working or ah, maybe almost as long as, as uh, Thomas in the software industry, right? And uh, 
ja, worked as software engineer, software architect, project manager, bla bla in the past, right? Right now I'm focusing more on, on training content by working a lot with a company called Redis. Everybody knows me, I'm the host of Linux and Laws along with myself, Martin. Yes, Martin, that was your cue. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better than an awkward pause. We can cut this just, out, just maybe. Ah, oh, let's nah, see. We, we don't do any. <laughs> yeah, you don't do any post-processing. We can basically <laughs> screw this entire episode entirely up without <clears throat> having it post-processed at all. This is funny. <laughs> if it just, can, just go for it. Can we swear as well? Of course you can. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our podcast is not oh. as explicit. That's so fucking you can great. say whatever you want. Yeah. Exactly. You can say whatever you want. Whatever you want. Even about AWS, yeah. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can even, you can even yeah. take the piss at AWS. Because your opinions are your own, right? Anyway. <laughs> yes. Uh, whether you, whether you will have a job in the morning, that's a totally different issue, but. So, 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 we, can, we, so we can speak completely freely. This is nice. Of course, right? so of we, course we, you can. Hey, there, there is a much better podcast out there, which is called. <laughs> 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 Listen, uh, no, I'm just people, kidding. You can cut this out. If, <laughs> so, people, if you're listening, if you still I, happen to be on mainframes, Grumpy Old Coders is your podcast. Uh, <laughs> we wish okay. we'll mock up to mainframes. Uh, <laughs> do they even know what mainframes are, these Grumpy Coders? Right? Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Martin, they know what MIPS are and so on. Right? <laughs> I think, Martin, they are called Grumpy Old Coders for a reason. Uh, well, they, they seem to have a very recent IT experience <laughs> compared to you and the Chris. Well, but down with the kids, you know, we know what's going on. <laughs> I yeah. know with what the a cool microservice is. Cool 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 <laughs> <laughs> Only with the cool kids, right? With all those full stack developers. Oh, no offense. <laughs> well, in, in, in fairness now, I, I reckon that David is the only one wearing a beard, right? So. Well, oh, sporting a beer, let's put it this nah, way. To Thomas well. is doing as well, right? Yeah, Thomas, my, really? my profile picture is very old on LinkedIn. I should <laughs> Have, say that. You've, you've become I, one of these hipsters too? So Rust uh, is your favorite language and stuff? Excellent. That, does that come with the beard? I'm preferring well, Kotlin, yeah. right? I'm basically more right. strange than yeah. Rust. Right. <laughs> even more hipsterish. Kotlin? I, I thought that like was a stillborn. No. <laughs> Maybe not. Anyway, we'll get to programming languages later. Yeah, yeah, yeah we do. Oh, I guess. Okay, um, yes. We don't uh, have a script, us... so we don't know. But Exactly. Yeah, we do <laughs> Which yeah, brings us nice, back nicely to, to the non-existent If only you'd read exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Martin, why don't, you, why, why don't you explain what tonight's episode is all about? <laughs> All right, sure. So last year, um, in 2020, we did some predictions on 2021. And we talked about a number of topics. And we're going to revise those today with the help of the Grumpy Old Coders and get their input as well to see how Much this year panned yes. out. Indeed. And we can also see if uh, Chris can beat his record of saying full disclosure in one episode of 1023. <laughs> 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 so if you listen to last year's episode, that's how many do. 
Did you at any point count the, the number of full disclosures <laughs> in, in one year? Well, maybe Thank, we should do this. Thankfully enough, I control the post-processing of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Which post-processing? <laughs> <laughs> the non-existent one. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Question one. So, uh, let's start with what was our prediction of the future of Red Hat last year? Would you like to start with that one? Well, I said it's going to be incorporated in the whole in the in, in the good old IBM, and to some extent that has happened because quite a few people have been let go. IBM has successfully, I reckon the word is still out on there, uh, managed to streamline align align the the organization. The best example is probably breaking the promise, as in CentOS 8 will go down the road of, what I'm looking for, 86, no, will be sunsetted, exactly, will be sunsetted before the year's over. It will no longer exist in next year. Quite well, a few people. You mean will no longer be maintained? Presumably, it will still exist. Uh, sorry, it will still exist. Yes, but it will no, no longer be maintained. There's then a rolling release upgrade, but quite a few people, I reckon, got very upset about this fact because that pretty much broke the promise that Red Hat made, and IBM then broke subsequently. So Red Hat will still be there. But maybe IBM should just wait until the market capitalization of a company called Microsoft has really increased, and then they can be bought for a share for a fair price by Microsoft. If current stock prices and thus market caps are anything to go by. It's interesting. So why do we think Microsoft would buy Red Hat? No, Microsoft was, was simply by IBM. By IBM, okay. Well, that exactly. Indeed. Indeed. So, 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 Tanya, <laughs> Mr. Nadella, if you're listening, the uh, email address is sponsored at, my, uh, at oh. Linux in laws. <laughs> yeah. We're still waiting since last and, and you can hire Christoph as a consultant for, for basically doing this acquisition, right? Anyway. No, I might. I mean, to, to be honest with you, I mean, Microsoft would then still get the few remaining customers that they don't have already. And mm. some old shit, like old iron and stuff. Yeah, the interesting thing that way, Microsoft doesn't have really is it? They don't have their which, own by the way, is still fashion. the money spinner for IBM. Because if you take a look at, at the, at the, at how main, how mainframes are sold, um, this is where the moolah comes from. On an interesting, interesting. It sounds a little bit like, or I, I'm not sure, right? But it sounds totally legacy to me to, to do this, right? Wouldn't a company like Microsoft or better invest into something like the, the future? Would it, or wouldn't it be to, to basically extend their <clears throat> market share in cloud or, and, and whatever? So how would IBM help with that? I mean, mm. actually, one prediction we made last year was that um, Microsoft is going to buy Canonical instead. So, yeah, but this makes that, more that, that sense. Didn't happen. <laughs> that 
No, nope, that didn't happen. <laughs> Indeed, it didn't. Yeah, but think about it. What would Microsoft gain by buying Canonical? I mean, Ubuntu is is out there. It's open source. It's for free. So why why would they do that? They buy many things. <laughs> hmm. Nah, I mean they they well, maybe I am I'm not sure, right? Uh, the the thing is in in cloud, right? Right now, if you spin up a an instance of uh, Linux or whatever, right? Then then typically, yeah, uh, no one cares too much about uh, support anymore, right? And this is a is a kind of uh, maybe a systematic issue, right? That uh, whatever is provided there as service is called fully managed and supported. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah. How, how much is it really fully managed and so supported, right? So spinning it up and uh, or re-spinning it up if it dies is, is one oh, thing. I but, see. Uh, but supporting supporting it in reality, I mean, there is some intellectual property related uh, associated to, to Ubuntu, let's say, right? And maybe maybe it would help them to have their, their own, or, yeah, let's say, what? cloud... I mean, I mean, their own Linux distribution. Let's yeah, say, that makes based, sense. Based on that, uh, which can be fully supported <clears throat> by them, right? So, so Ubuntu would be a first-class citizen with in-house mm-hmm. support from Microsoft. Uh, exactly, because yeah, no one. Makes sense. I mean, not against Microsoft Windows, but uh, in a bit today, maybe. But uh, but no one deploys right now stuff on Windows <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Plus yeah. the fact that about eighty percent of the container user lands actually are Ubuntu. So if Canonical yeah, that says is, that, that but, but actually, that is skewed. I mean, you know, that is skewed because containers are sort of built around a Linux kernel to begin with. You know, I, I know Windows Server is catching up, and there are Windows containers for years. I don't know where they are now, but I, I would say that statistic is skewed. You should look, probably look at at everything that is deployed, not just containers. Did, did you say Windows Server is catching up? <laughs> This is called yeah. an alternative universe, Martin, if you're familiar okay, with okay. yeah, no, no, There okay. are containers, <laughs> there are containers for Windows servers. There's, there's a sort of We an, know. I heard yeah. about these two containers, yes. I, I don't know if if they have any traction yet. I I don't know about that. I'm not saying it hasn't. But I imagine if you think about containerizing your application, you're kind of already in, in Linux land, right? So, so, so that's all I'm saying, right? So I'm thinking the statistic is probably skewed. Sort of selection yeah, bias. Yeah, but uh, but it's, it doesn't contradict the, 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 the argument that uh, Microsoft no. could have an interest to basically or acquire oh, no, not at all. Canonical, yeah. canonical in order to have its own supported uh, or Linux distribution, mm-hmm. but actually some, some, uh, some, People that know this stuff really, instead of uh, just basically, yeah, or yeah, bringing some Linux up by not doing listeners, too much. Dear yeah. listeners, if you are out there, if you run <laughs> Linux containers, the email address is containers at grumpyoldquarters.org. Sorry, container consultancy at grumpyoldquarters.org. <laughs> Uh, you need I to that you sent this to Thomas directly. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't do Windows anymore. I just know it exists. Yeah, full disclosure, Thomas. Uh, Thomas is a .NET developer. And .NET developers tend to like Windows. I'm a .NET developer, but I haven't touched .NET in probably four years. So I, I've, 
I've completely called... switched to Node. Um, yeah, sometimes I miss that net, to be this honest. Called... Full disclosure. This, I this, do. Is cold tur- <laughs> this is called the t- cold turkey, right? Hey, what do you mean by that? Cold oh, cold, cold turkey. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I still get the shake. Oh, I still get the shakes and all that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Rehab works. <laughs> it does. I mean, TypeScript Excellent. is kind of like C sharp, so, so I feel kind of at home. Yeah. Talking talking about containers. I mean, completely off topic in a sense. But what I would like to have, by the way, is uh, all containers which you can think about on M1, right? So on ARM, basically, right? Because we're, and maybe you had something on your list as well, right? Ah, okay, yeah. Well, uh, so talking about the M1 stuff, right? I, I really like it. Performance is really great. Or so I have one, our MacBook Air, which has an M1, and it's, uh, I, I mean, just amazing, right? Um, how how silent, performant, and whatever it is for something like uh, video and audio processing, and for this is really great. But uh, or let's say for development purposes, what I'm missing right now is basically the support of all containers I could imagine, right? So it's actually a bit problematic for me right now to develop stuff freely, or uh, because uh, there is no container support. There's that's also not, that's um, not correct, David. Yeah, because I mean, there, there is container support. Yeah, you're right. There is container support, but some containers are just not prepared for ARM, right? And uh, I'm not the person who's basically doing this, right? And there, and some other containers are much more complex as uh, that you can basically just do this uh, out of the yes, box, right? Without Docker Desktop actually has a Q, has a hyper, it's a, it's a hyper, it's something else. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, but this is not, uh, I mean, emulation. <clears throat> emulating, right? But emulating, yes. what is the point? I mean, you could use Quimu or whatever for emulating yes. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But, but the, yeah, but the problem is then what is the point, right? I mean, the reason why I have an M1 is for the performance, right? Why should I emulate something like an, or, uh, an X86 or on, on basically an, a, a much faster arm, right? I mean, for, for this purpose, there is a performance hit. I think I did read about it. There was a significant performance hit. I don't know the exact numbers. If you emulate this stuff, stuff on top of ARM, which kind of makes total sense that there is, right? So meaning it's, uh, yeah, it's possible, but it's not perfectly possible. And it would be better to have this stuff natively supported, right? Actually, I was wonder, I was wondering, or I, I kind of had the idea to buy maybe an M1 Max or whatever, right? But uh, the only thing which holds me back from buying it is basically that I'm not convinced that I can run all the containers that I need in order to use it uh, for development purposes. Right? So, people, if you're listening to this, and if you haven't bought an M1, just buy one, especially especially hipsters out there, because that'll drive up numbers, so that Docker and friends will start to listen. And Apple, oh, don't, don't buy one of these, please, because no. it's just Docker. Don't give money to Apple. No. And Apple, the email address is sponsored. <laughs> it's lost out of you. The, yeah. the well, maintainers no. of the images. The maintainers Still waiting as well. Jokes aside, people, I have been using M1 for almost a year now. It's a MacBook Pro. And full disclosure, it's my work machine. And Rosetta does an excellent job, by the way. And pretty pleased with Docker, des- Docker for desktop. So you because use I'm, the Quemu stuff with Docker yes. or Docker on desktop, and it works I, for for everything yes. at the, at the um, almost everything. Yes. Well, uh, 
performance also more is complex okay. cluster solutions. I mean, or um, so let's say if you if you would run a, a, a cluster of a, of a container which has a bit more complexity, like a fat container, does this work well, or do you see per, um, or something I'm not like doing any Bitcoin mining on that machine because it's a work machine. I was not referring to Bitcoin mining, but maybe for <laughs> more complex distributed systems. If you, um, for instance, it, develop for microservices, right? There is a lot of stuff running. And one of the reasons David, why you have a beefy machine is that you can develop this locally on your machine instead of deploying yes. something like a test environment to the cloud, right? Which yes, saves you ultimately some cost and the machine is basically paying for itself. Right? Yes, but it's, it's, it's one, it's <clears> one machine. <throat> it's, it's not a, it's not a distributed cluster on AWS or GCP or something like this. No. Um, so being a somewhat sales oriented technical person, no, I do not do heavy deployments on that machine. Mm-hmm. But the, but the, but the battery, for example, is just awesome mm-hmm. in comparison to prior apples. Um, that gets me through the day without recharging. Yeah. The M1 I have here, the, the MacBook Air is also awesome, right? Um, it does something like, uh, I mean, I was using, uh, or some stuff right real time yeah, for case streaming you know, and so on. Do you not have right. power over there, Christoph? No, we don't. We are, oh. this is a third world country called Germany, so we don't have power. <laughs> no, we don't have power supply. Right? No, exactly. no, we don't. No, <laughs> we don't have right. Uh, this is the reason why it's called a dark sky country, Martin. Exactly. In contrast to the UK, which is still remaining in superiority. Oh yeah, across the centuries, yeah, absolutely. Because they have Brexit and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we don't have Brexit. Power, they are so much better than we because absolutely. they are now no longer part of the European. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We even have Street View. Aha. Yeah, and and you have a really great prime minister, right? Anyway, yes. <laughs> well, and, and uh, lorries and lorries and petrol abound. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, this went off yeah. quite fair quite enough. Fast, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think we should uh, go back, back to the, to the uh, yes, yes. The predictions. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the next one was Linux and mainframes. Yeah, I don't I know think, anything about uh, that. We can no, I don't have any opinion about it. We spent quite a lot of time Why? on that last year. <laughs> well, no, I Just, mean, it's, guys, it's still around. It's still making lots of money for IBM. It's so, so, still around. So, so what's happening? Are, are mainframes going to the cloud? Are cloud providers offering are, sort of mainframe compatible services? Because it would make sense, right? They, they already have. Thomas. Yeah, there you go. Not surprised. Yeah, but why I is this the why is it still around? I mean, it's legacy stuff. Well, lift because and it's shift, legacy right? stuff which works. I mean, there's because, stuff which, exactly because it yeah. works. Lift and shift exactly. You can go yeah, to a yeah. customer and say you you can keep exactly your same software and just move it to the cloud. That's very attractive. I mean, the, 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 the strategy that IBM sales has been quite successful for the last two plus years has been if you have a distributed Oracle installation consisting of 20 plus servers, we have something called a Linux One system for you. You hmm. just simply shift the workloads and you'll save at least 10, uh, you'll save at least 20 to 30% TCO as in total cost of ownership. Yeah. And they have been quite successful doing this. Yeah, it's it's really hard to believe for me that uh, I mean this is I believe right, but it's hard to believe for me that uh, there are any greenfield projects out there that basically start by involving mainframe. Oh no, surely not greenfield. No, no, no. no. You're talking about this migrations is, and, and yeah. cost savings. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Legacy stuff, which you basically migrate over there because it's easier to migrate it uh, without uh, too much pain by not refactoring new architecture and whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, it's, I, I mean, at some point, I, I mean, I tend to say at some t- point it dies, but I'm wrong, right? I'm, I'm proven to be wrong because otherwise some <laughs> some software in banking or some some languages <laughs> and, uh, and whatever would not, not be around anymore. Exactly. I mean, yeah. mainframes are on the on the short list for what uh, for at least twenty to twenty years. But yeah. still, if you take a look at any annual and any annual report coming from IBM, this is where the money comes from. That's amazing. So, so people keep buying these things and keep renting these things. I guess, I guess it's cheaper than the, uh, redeveloping. I mean, the only previous episode actually. Uh, there, is a, there is a paradox right, regarding this stuff. I, I mean, we learned this maybe all when we worked in consultancy in the past, right? Uh, the bigger the heap of shit is, right, the the more likely people will not want to touch it, let's yeah. say, right? Uh, which means that uh, this stuff just uh, just arrives because no one wants to touch it, right? They it's just not, want to keep it as that, it is. Um, it's a heap of shit. It's because it works, really. That's why people don't touch it. And it yeah, yeah. There's complex... I mean, if it would be something which is uh, not a total vendor lock-in, if it would be something which is architectural well defined by some measures, let's say, right? It would not be too hard to refactor it to something step-by-step, which is more modern, right? But it was designed from the very beginning to be a a lock-in situation, right? And you end up in a situation that you really have... I I disagree, actually. If if something is built well and it works well, why would you refactor it in the first place? Well, that's the thing. From a business point of view, where's the return on investment and rewriting it and all you get out of it is something that ideally works as well. Resources, finding new resources, even maintaining this shit, right? I mean, what is... I mean, where do you find people that that know how to work with mainframes, right? I mean, even as IBM, right? at some point, all those old guys are dead, right? And then you don't find new resources, right? And if you find them, they're incredibly expensive, right? And and so, uh, and you should ask yourself the same question as a company who is using this stuff, right? So are you finding people that are developing stuff for that? Are you finding people that are innovating your services that are developed in that? Because most of the, the systems out there, I mean, sure, it works, right? But there are new requirements coming all the time, right? I mean, the, the world is not still standing so you need to have scalability you need to have new features you need to kind of or maybe incorporate more more information about people Mm -hmm. right and this is happening in reality right and i it's hard to believe that something which is running there which just worked for 20 years is fulfilling all those modern maybe non-functional requirements or even functional requirements on top of that right plus the human resources issue so at some point I, i guess you you need to See, David, you need to to go to something else, right? Here's, here's, the, here's the catch: if you put Linux one on a mainframe, you have a you you have a Linux user land in front of you of your choice. You're looking at Red Hat, you're looking at Ubuntu, just name it. The thing is basically how many how many times in a given year you you hear about outages on AWS, GCP, Azure, and all the rest of them? At mm. least three or four times. But you're looking at and IBM, the address is sponsored at LinuxInlaws.au, just in case you're um, forgetting. <laughs> but, 
Okay. IBM Z is called Z for a reason. It has zero downtime because you're looking at 50 plus years of engineering going into that in, into that into that hardware. Um, I get it, but uh, but if you have a Linux user land and this feels exactly like a Linux runs exactly like like a I mean I'm not a mainframe expert, right? As you can maybe hear here. But uh, the 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 question is uh, the question is a bit if it feels like Linux, if it's used like Linux. Or, so if you abstract the mainframe away to a degree that you can easily use it and that you don't have a, a vendor lock-in on on the mainframe, then then the question is why should you use it and not just uh, use uh, Linux on, on on other boxes. Right. Because the of the zero, because of the zero downtime promise. Yeah, but it's a promise, right? There is no zero downtime. There, that's just unrealistic. I mean, you always have SLAs, or I, I mean, would be interest. I would be interested to see some something like a contract which IBM gives out to their customers and saying, "Hey, this is having zero downtime." So we pr- um, we promise you a one hundred percent SLA, right? I doubt that this is the case. No, just call your IBM sales rep. You fill you in. Uh, 100% SLA. And otherwise, no. you get your money back or the, <laughs> if your business is down, they basically... Uh, no, I mean, but I mean, a- AWS gives you what? Four nines? If you're lucky, 11. maybe three? 11. 11. 11 on storage, yeah. On, sorry, on storage. Yes. IBM, I reckon, gives you more than that. On yeah, the complete system. Maybe we should double check, right? Because, uh, I, I, I mean, honestly, uh, I know, but, uh, the zero downtime stuff, uh, is a marketing phrase. And at the end, there is always an SLA associated, which is, uh, David, having why, a number just, of nines just, and then the zero dot whatever number. Uh, why, is. why do almost all of the banks that I know, and quite a few of them because of my, because of my background and my, mm-hmm. my legacy, uh, run there. Okay. Apart from the, apart from the legacy aspect, they all run their general ledger on the mainframe. For a reason, uh, I might add. Yeah, maybe for this reason, but maybe for the same reason why they run Fortran applications still, right? I mean, the le- the, uh, more than likely, the general, the general ledger would be programmed in COBOL, but that's beside the point. Or COBOL, yeah, or COBOL. <laughs> okay, fine. COBOL, Fortran. Uh, the point is Erlang, basically, whatever, right? if, if, uh, if they... Erlang is a TK language. Anyway, it doesn't matter. If they yeah, want you're right. It's telco. It's telco. You're yes. right. Uh, anyway, I should, have, I should have remembered this. Anyway, uh, yeah. Good. Don't worry. So the point is basically, if you trigger this this consolidation batch job at 1 a.m. in the morning, it runs. Not like a cloud that maybe runs or something until you hit an outage. Uh, yeah, Okay. Fine. I, I mean, personally, really, I, I mean, it's okay. We can, we can basically mark this as, as then this topic maybe and, and we can say, okay, fine. It will be around for sure. It will be around, right? And maybe it will be around for ages because it's legacy, because there is a lock-in situation for the customers, because they're, again, people don't want to touch it. Maybe because it's stable, maybe whatever, right? But, uh, I, I mean, at the end, there's no rocket science, right? Whatever software you have runs on infrastructure. <laughs> Right, uh, info infrastructure can be set up to be redundant. Blah blah. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, indeed, all this stuff, right? And and you can apply the same patterns which you apply to mainframes in a sense to to also cloud services, right? You can also make them redundant. You can make them scalable. You can basically, I, I mean. The, the, the recipe to to achieve this, right, um, is if you go down 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 
bound to physics at the end, right? So indeed, this stuff is rock solid and so on, right? But um, I, I'm not sure if if you can just stay there. Okay, hey, this is uh, because it's around for 30 years. It needs to be much more uh, reliable than than something else, which was uh, maybe designed 15 years ago, right? Um, uh, to be reliable, right? I'm, I'm not sure if this uh, if this is, is a valid consequence. On this particular topic, swiftly moving on to the next to the next agenda item, will a Skynet become IBM once again, Skynet or would there be will, yes, will no. or, or would there be a, will <laughs> IBM be, become Skynet once again? Now, of course, <laughs> for the avid listeners, of course, the question was: Will Skynet become Nvidia once again? Because as we all know. Uh, at least people who listen to 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 some of our backlog episodes, uh, to some of our backlog episodes, there was an episode actually that had an interview with the Terminator, where the Terminator actually explained to how Skynet came into existence. And funny enough, if history is anything to go by, Skynet evolved from a company called Nvidia, mm. given their current stock price. They have the cash to do so. Oh yeah, I wish I bought Nvidia stock a year ago. You Jesus. didn't. Too I bad. Didn't. No. <laughs> or didn't. Tesla. Or oh, Tesla. Tes or Tesla. Or Tesla. Any of them. <laughs> I, I did Tesla, so so that worked out nicely. But yeah, not Nvidia. Uh, how annoying. So hey, you interviewed the Terminator, did you? Yes, that was yeah, last the actual year. Terminator. Which one? The actual Terminator. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, the or? <laughs> no, that was in contrast to a, T, to, to a T two. That was actually a T point. A T, a T, uh, sorry, that was actually a T one point five. Because uh. a T two, of course, we cannot afford <laughs> because we're running the budget. <laughs> Got it from Bush or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we we really should go for a cure. That's why I opened my Terminator. So we managed to procure to continue that sentence. We managed to procure a, a T one point five. We actually never mind spilled the beans on how Skynet came about. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sitting here like, what is happening? <laughs> Sounds Thomas, like the Grumpies have know. no opinion on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> That's and to be honest, man, I am okay. even not uh, getting the question right. <laughs> the question is quite simple. T1.5 basically told us come back from the future from 2020. Sorry, 2060 something, 67 or something like this. Okay. Actually, that NVIDIA at its very core had mm -hmm. enough AI technology at its disposal to become eventually Skynet. Ah, okay. And the rest, as we all know, is history. If the documentaries called Terminator 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 are anything to go by. But surely and a cloud provider would be the one with the biggest machine learning capabilities, right? So I would expect uh, Microsoft or Amazon to become Skynet. Yeah, but based first, on right? NVIDIA hardware. What NVIDIA hardware do yeah. they have? Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. And well, do they actually have any hardware available? <laughs> mm. 
It's a very not, good question. Well, yeah. in, in, in my experience last year, they were severely running out of NVIDIA. Oh, I, I want to buy a graphics card for, for a year and a half now. No, 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 no. This is like just cloud. I mean, there yeah, um, uh, are instances I mean. weren't available, right? Because they, they were all uh, let out. And sure. That, so. Yeah. Or Bitcoin mining or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? But, but I, I guess this is not. I guess this doesn't make commercially sense to rent Nvidia boxes from a cloud vendor to mine bitcoins, right? It, I mean, it should not make sense, right? Because this is, <laughs> seems like a, a waste of providing resources by the cloud vendor, then, right? But they could the use it by themselves in order to mine bitcoins. Anyway, should they have a price algorithm to match that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bit- like maybe just the reason, right? The cloud I mean, providers all mine bitcoins. <laughs> this is this is early December 2021, and Bitcoin now clocks in at fifty six thousand something. But if you double that price, I reckon it would make sense to move this into the cloud because you have a price point advantage. But, yeah, this is what we're saying. And the cloud price will be equally adjusted for for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The market should basically sort would this out, right? Keep them instances for themselves. Yeah. It's a it's a bit funny, right? I I heard, and I'm not sure if this is true, right? But uh, it's it's a bit funny that uh, there there are some. I, I mean, it's a. I'm really not into this stuff usually, right? But uh, if you see markets that are influencing each other, right? There there seems to be, and I'm not sure if this is true, right? But uh, oh, sorry. There there's one one idea basically that um, the 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 Bitcoin are, are price is basically influenced by by some illegal businesses like drug dealers and whatever. Really? Which, which is I, I mean I I don't know right I guess it is the case right but uh, funny funny is if this would spike right this would basically then cause something like more cloud consumption which basically would have an impact on the on the clouds uh, uh, market as well which is uh, if you think about it are um, at least a little bit. Ironic, right? right. So, right. so you're saying my salary is being paid by drug dealers, basically? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. Why? Whatever pays the mortgage, I don't care. The books, drugs, what's the difference, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Indeed. Exactly. Yeah. Never exactly. mind. Welcome um, to the dark man. No, I mean seriously. I mean, what percentage do you think of the darknet of the darknet actually runs on AWS and friends? I, I don't reckon, know. I reckon quite quite a bit because if you do it right, it's not that complicated to shield to shield um, what you're doing on that cloud. No, it's all encrypted in many many layers. Exa- yeah. Exactly. And the cloud provider doesn't get in. So yeah, exactly. Could That's well exactly it. Yes. Oh. But there must be some front companies that actually pay the cloud consumption bills somehow. This is where the money laundering gets in, no? Yeah, <laughs> I suppose so. Because you still can't pay cloud consumption. He's not spinning Bitcoin. the beans, is he? <laughs> C- cartels, if you're listening, the email address is sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Spill the beans, Thomas. Come on. <laughs> oh, man, man. They don't tell me anything. No, <laughs> Fair enough, Thomas. I probably would have to. I probably would yeah, have to. Please reach out. Also, just to Thomas in this case, right? Also, just to Thomas. In this case. <laughs> because uh, yeah, the email address is cartels at grumpyoldquarters.org. 
You need to make a note of all these aliens. Uh, what was the other one? Containers. Yeah. Containers. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think even that this would work, right? I think the the inbox is basically forwarding this automatically or whatever. I'm not sure. Oh, nice. I I don't know. I need to to check. Well, I, I, I I'm ex I don't expect that anyone will send us emails to this, right? Just dear listener, right? I, I might. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Okay. How how did we get to cartels actually via uh, Skynet? Or Skynet. Skynet. Mm. Okay. Skynet. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I'm not sure. I mean, we we can answer the question with no, right? Because we we basically assume that Nvidia is providing hardware pieces to cloud vendors, and this will mean that they may, might by themselves not have the infrastructure to build something like Skynet, but maybe together with other vendors they could potentially do this, right? And then the, there is a related question, right? Uh, do we actually have any any uh, strong AI, I mean, a chance for strong AI, and I think uh, Thomas and I discussed this in one, one of our episodes, and our conclusion was maybe not, right, or li mm -hmm. most likely not. I mean, years away. All, all the AI we have right now is basically just uh, uh, simple stuff, right? Uh, simple function approximation, classification, stuff like this, right? This There's... is what the press tells you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no cons conspiracy <laughs> theory. <laughs> theory made you up by, by Christoph. this right? one. <laughs> uh, but, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. So, I don't think so. Which ones of you have seen a documentary called The Matrix? It's about 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I saw it. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> call it a documentary, but it's, it's a it is actually a documentary because yeah. the people who just call it science fiction are, of course, wrong. I, I mean, uh, I like the characters, Neo and so on, right? Uh, anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, what what has the metrics to do with it? Uh, so because uh, how many so, how many times in a given day do you see a woman in in a red dress, David? About twice. How many times in a given day do you encounter déjà vu? I walk from home. The only woman I see is my wife. You know what? Right now, I would like to have yet. more déjà vus. Right, right now, this... I would like to have déjà vus that are <laughs> putting me. In. <laughs> So the matrix is in full effect as we speak. Oh <laughs> uh, man! Yeah, okay, fine. So pop culture or nerd culture? I guess nerd culture is the right thing in this context. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how we got to the matrix now, right? So, because yeah. I mentioned it. Yeah. yeah, 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 indeed. But the question is, why did you mention it? <laughs> why not? Because yeah. because we're yeah, look, yeah. we're all looking for the truth, no? <laughs> Yeah, and the matrix is associated to the truth. You know what? I, I mean, it's a bit maybe a philosophical thing, but even if the matrix would be existing and we would not be aware of it, right? Um, then in a sense, this would be fine as well, right? It wouldn't change anything about our existence in a sense, right? Because what, what we observe right now is anyway only a very small part of how the universe is operating and uh, what do, does it change for the bigger so. picture, right? Very much so, but I mean, it all boils down to the fact if you recall taking a blue or a red pill at some stage. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, but my point is the universe, the universe does give a, doesn't give a shit about if you take the blue or the red pill, right? That's, that's my point, right? It's, yeah. it's, uh, it, it's basically fine. And so what, right? The metrics within the metrics within the metrics or whatever, right? I, I, I mean, the reality we observe is the reality we observe, right? And, and even if we would get another reality, right? Then we need to deal with it, right? And again, the universe, the bigger picture doesn't give a shit about it, right? So I, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. To, to bring this to a point, I once read a thing or heard a thing I, I don't remember. And <laughs> the conclusion was, anyway, the conclusion was, I don't remember the details. The conclusion was, if we are actually living in a simulation, then we wouldn't be able to tell. You know, there's no test we could run. There's nothing we could do to find out if we are true. in a simulation or not. True. And and the funny thing about the red pill, blue pill, blah, blah, and metrics is touching the, this uh, topic, I think, slightly in one of the last uh, episodes or whatever is uh, where they realize, ah, we are still in the metrics or whatever, right? So it this is the point, right? It doesn't really matter, right? So <laughs> even if you break through it, who tells you that you're not and still in the simulation, right? Yeah. Uh, and so on and so on, right? At the end, it doesn't really matter if it is a simulation or not, right? Because it doesn't Thomas, make any difference for you personally or for the universe or the world. Thomas, I hate, I hate to admit this, but you are right because there was an, there was an Austrian mathematician called Goethe about a hundred years ago. Mm hmm. Less than that, actually slightly more than that, basically, who proved that you're absolutely spot on because what Google said is you cannot prove the coherence of a mathematical system, and that's the layman's interpretation of this, within the system yourself. Mm -hmm. there, there's a good Veritasium video about this quite recently as well, so I don't know if you follow that YouTube channel. but I don't. Yeah. What's YouTube? Okay. Okay then. Yeah, but it's a good video anyway. There, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, I mean, at the end, this is also one of the fundamentals of system theory, right? So within the, I, I mean, there, for instance, distributed systems have the same issue, right? So basically you can't be for sure tell if something is down in your distributed system because you're, if you're within the distributed system, you need to observe it from the outside in order to do valid conclusions, right? So for instance, something like a network partitioning or, or being down is hard to to basically decide from within the system. Maybe, yeah. So the the point is the same, right? You can't observe it from the inside. You need to observe it from the outside. That's it. Right? For those two people who are still awake, this is the insomnia um, episode. <laughs> I find that fascinating. We turned this nicely around, right? The, the fact that we, uh, that we basically, I don't know, uh, maybe just make stuff up around those questions. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even in the script, the Matrix thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, 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 the Matrix was not in the script. <laughs> exactly. I want to speak What's with your script? manager. <laughs> there is no marketing marketing no to be I mean to be really fair because just Turing just stole the idea from Gödel I mean that proves of course the point that there's no real advances in science because people just keep borrowing things and never giving them back sounds a bit like IT yeah Indeed. <laughs> I mean, there isn't bad science in a, in a specific sense, right? So, you know, anyway. oh. Moving swiftly on. 
Uh, uh, next topic is interesting. <laughs> this, this is for you, Thomas. Uh, Microsoft and Google are going to eat into AWS market. Oh, wow. We skipped a few points. Um, going to eat yes, into AWS purpose. market. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. What, what points did we miss? Oh, yeah. No, no. We did that one. We, anyway. We, 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 um, we'll get uh, back to the global dictatorship later on. This is a report. I, I think, it. yeah, I think Google is, oh, Google is still a, a while away. I don't know if you've seen the latest Gardner magic quadrant thing, but, um, Microsoft is close on Amazon's heels. Right. So it's, it's still, it still doesn't have I'm all the services. Oh, well, services well, it, it, yeah, Mark exactly. So it's, or... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm getting to that. So it's, it's okay. still, it still doesn't have all the services, all the capabilities. But if you are a specific customer who has a set of requirements and Azure fills those, then, then you're good. Right. So that's one thing. And the other thing is the, the ability to execute. Which comes into the features as well, but also how many data centers do they have? How much hardware do they have? And Amazon is still as it is years ahead, but, but Azure is catching up quickly. Um, yeah. And that, that the strong point is, is usability, right? So me coming from .NET, okay. if I didn't work for, for AWS, then Azure would be my cloud of choice. Yeah, indeed the, it would, but you would also run would. stuff on Windows, man, right? <laughs> well, not necessarily. No, 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 no. So, so you, you develop, for instance, you develop a web application in .NET oh. and in Visual Studio, there's one button to deploy this to, well, a hosted hosting solution of some sort and .NET runs perfectly fine on Linux, which is the default, I think, anyway. .NET Core, so this is right? what I do. .NET Core doesn't exist anymore. There was recently uh, released .NET 6, which brings Core and .NET together again on the one see, move. See, see, Ma see, Martin, this is how you proper marketing. Just listen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Core, so they got rid of all those different flavors of .NET and there's yes. only one single .NET now. Yes. .NET 6 is the one to rule them all. Yeah, that's the plan. Okay. Uh, yeah. Finally, right? I, I mean, it was so a nightmare, nice. even on about, Windows. About time, right? right? <laughs> oh. But, but certainly, you know, if, if you're in, if you're working in sales in AWS, which I'm not, but I had to take the trainings, which was annoying. But anyway, the, uh, Azure is the one that you get the most points. You know, what is, what if the customer mentions Azure? Okay. In that case, you say this, this and that. So you could say Azure is the cloud that Amazon is afraid of. Right. Oh, so, so actually you got trained on Azure working for Amazon. Oh, That's okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Guys, can we cut this out? I'm not, I don't want that the Thomas gets into trouble, right? No, this is, this is perfectly, I, I think this is common knowledge, right? Yeah, but if, if you got trained I'm, by I'm, AWS, I'm not fine. saying, you know, I'm not saying what the statements were that were taught, That's but, okay. but it, it's, I think it's perfectly fine for a sales consultant to be trained in, okay, what, what, what are the arguments against the competitor, right? The question is, if it is confidential, who Amazon is seeing as its main competitor, right? I think that is also common knowledge. You just have to look at the magic quadrant and yeah, okay, Azure yeah, is, is the one closest, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, I, uh, anyway not, none of what uh, I said is particularly there. secret, I don't think. I mean, David, if you take a look at, at the numbers, yes. I mean, exactly, that checks out. Plus the fact that Microsoft has about 20 years of, of, of enterprise sales at 
at their advantage. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you see when you take a look at the growth numbers. Yeah, mm-hmm. fine. I get it. I mean, I would not underline that Microsoft has the better usability and whatever, right? I mean, if I use Azure Portal, for instance, it's it's a nightmare, right? It's uh, all the concepts there are are overly complicated for no fucking reason, I think, right? So something like, uh, what is it, directories and subscriptions mm-hmm. and whatever, right? I, I'm not getting this. I mean, the others oh, are doing it much better. <laughs> right? but, yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, yeah, there's pros and cons. I mean, that subscription stuff is much easier on Amazon. That's true. But there's, there's other stuff in Amazon that people find hard to use and easy to use in Azure, right? It's, it's just Maybe resource it is, groups right? a good thing. Resource groups are good. I, I, I do yeah. miss them. I've worked with Azure a lot and I, I miss resource groups. Yeah. Resource, resource groups are yeah, nice, they're, right? They're so pretty you basically good. just say, Hey, delete the entire resource group and everything. Yeah. That's done. nice. This is, this is really that's nice. nice. I admit, but there's other stuff which is more complicated, which is uh, the Microsoft mm. way, let's say, right? Uh, anyway, that's of course another another reason to go back to the mainframe. Indeed, it is. <laughs> because <laughs> stuff is not complicated. <laughs> no, it just works. <laughs> it just works. Yeah. I see. Like, magically, it works magically. It just works zero magically. downtime. With, with zero <laughs> downtime, I was about to say <laughs> that. As, as long as long as you provide power yeah. and you know magic zero things. downtime, right? Just yeah, plug I, it in magic pre- zero downtime. Uh, and and your pre- data center doesn't flood or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah, I, just exactly. New, I just created a new email email address. The email address is IBM underscore sponsor at, at Linux in-laws on the user. So, I mean, there, there, are even no, there are even no no data centers that could basically be impacted by any downtime or whatever, right? It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's already magic. based it's just exactly, magic, yes. Right? It's like uh, that's like, it. Blocking in enough. something and there's electricity out of the wall without anything behind it, right? It's like yeah, just just, just happens put money on the table exactly, and you put some machines in your basement, all works. Yeah, plus that exactly. Yeah, yep. which of course brings us nicely back to the next topic of discussion: the global maddest dictator. And we discuss Bezos, Trump, Putin. <clears throat> yes, Trump is done, right? And, uh, Trump, Mas- Trump is done. Uh, he'll be back. He'll be back. <sighs> I, mean, I don't think so, man, right? Trump can't be back. He'll how be back. how crazy would the world be if Trump would make David? it back? Right? Oh, hold, 2024, hold mark my words. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Hold your breath. That's exactly it. They voted him in the first place, right? So. <laughs> Oh, man. I leave the fucking planet if Trump makes it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, in case you want to give Jeff a bell, because apparently he has some sort of space program. Yeah, exactly. Did you hear the nice sympathetic laugh he did after he came back? Did, did you see that video? Which one? No. Well, the, the one, he came out of the capsule with, with his fetching hat on. I don't know, this, this Texan hat. Jewish? Real thing, and and he did a yeah a totally normal laugh. So yeah, you you have to watch the video. It it, it was insane, absolutely insane. So yeah, I think maybe, something's going on. Maybe the links will be in the show notes. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> find it. It is still around. No worries. Absolutely I mean, maniacal. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Bezos is a strong qualifying candidate. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, if he's, he's not the CEO of Amazon anymore, so I can say I know. what I want. Yes. So, uh, mm. yeah, insane guy. But I suppose to, to achieve that, doesn't like his job or doesn't like to get. No, no, he's, he's, he's not an Amazon anymore on paper. 
Uh, no, I, I suppose you have to 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 get yes, the work business. You have to be Amazon. you have to be a sociopath, right? To to get up there in business. Well, I look at Musk, right? For example, yes, exactly. Yeah, he's he's as crazy as the rest of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Also, no job at Tesla anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you did you apply, Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagined the interview going, okay, so you passed your technical test, but the one thing you said five years ago about Elon Musk. Uh, yeah. uh, so you let's, let's yeah. see if you can enter Russia. Profile. <laughs> Putin, actually, I mean, Putin, uh, is Putin, I mean, really, I'm not too, too uh, what, what will happen with Putin? What do, do people here think about this? I mean, he, he is basically, I mean, nothing will happen with him, right? He will no, he's dictator years. for life, surely. Oh, it's been around exactly. for some time. Been never yeah. a dictator for life, I might add. So, <laughs> to Linus or some other people. <laughs> well, she might have been level in part there. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, but uh, the, I don't know, right? I, I guess he will not gain any more power, but he will not lose any more power. Oh no! As as, as long as the Novichok supply doesn't run down, he's fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is dark, <laughs> but still funny. <laughs> I guess Thomas also now not going for a job in in, <laughs> in Russia. Yeah, yeah. In, in, I, I no gas yeah. bomb anymore. No gas bomb. Exactly. Forget about KGB. That won't. That won't. That, that won't fly. <laughs> Who says I'm not already working for KGB? Who? Yeah. KGB, yeah. if you're listening, is sponsored at Lindsay's. And, <laughs> and if you want to send an email directly to Thomas, not really XGDR, I see. Yes. GDR for life. Global medicine dictator. So what's happening on the inside then, Thomas? Of something called the KGB. Oh man, I would, I would love to be able to make now a a funny name out, a funny name up based on this acronym, right? But uh, unfortunately, I don't have any, any funny. What do you mean KGB or whatever? Yeah, KGB, something which is not the actual intelligence service, but something else, right? So yeah, uh, no, I didn't mean this. I meant something completely different, whatever. But uh, unfortunately, I'm not that uh, creative. Anyway. Kubernetes, something. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I got nothing. Buffer, there you go. Oh, there you go. Nice. What, what did he, what did you say? Kernel Global Buffer. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Kernel okay. Global Buffer. Ah, oh, that won't fly. What about Kellogg's Greatest <laughs> Beer? <laughs> yeah, Kellogg's Greatest Beer. That, that flies. <laughs> yeah, but it's a shitty company name, right? So we need to do something. It doesn't like... matter, David. <laughs> You see, Kellogg's doesn't do beer, but now they do. Kafka Geek Base or something like this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is worse. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Coke's greatest beard? No. <laughs> Did you say what? Coke? Did you say Coke? Coke's, yeah, Coke's greatest beer. Yeah, but of course, it's pretty strong, but, um, for, mm. but forget about it. Oh, yeah. And anyway, so it seems we are all not creative, but it's uh, no, we're not. That's that's fine, right? Okay. Um. Yeah. The question is, who is global global medicine dictator, right? I'm I, I'm not sure. It's hard to judge. Kind of. We discuss. Right? 
Bezos, Trump and Putin, but I mean Putin will be still nobody. around, right? So let's say Putin because he will be for sure around, right? Trump, I am I'm still not convinced that he will make it back. Hopefully not, right? So, uh, and yeah, Bezos, see, I, David, I know, right. that wasn't the question. The question mm. was actually who is the maddest dictator, not who will be who will be around in a few years' time. <laughs> I think there Putin, is, Putin is, yeah, is but in, in order to be a dictator, you need to be a dictator, right? I mean, the, so Trump can't be a dictator, ago. can't, Trump can't be a dictator if he doesn't have any power. No, Trump is just a salesman, right? Putin, I think, is actually cunning. I think he actually knows what he's doing. You know, so, so I would, as, as a mad dictator, I would rule Putin out. I think he's a very sane dictator. Yeah. Uh, if this is possible, I, yeah. I mean, unfortunately it is, right? I, I think if, if you look at the, uh, our, uh, I mean, I did some philosophy classes when I was at uni and we talked a little bit about uh, how fascism and stuff like this could, could arise and uh, dicta dictatorship in this context was actually often a function of, or uh, at least in Germany back then, right? Of people to be too rational and less empathic and less emotional, right? Um, mm. which is, uh, which is, uh, actually, which is not mad in this. I mean, it's not the definition of mad, but in a sense, it is, right? I, I mean, don't get me wrong, but someone who is very rational, right? And doesn't have any empathy could also be observed as a mad person, right? In a, in a sense. Okay. Definition of mad then. Mm. Exactly. So, what mad do we mean by mad? Uh, I mean, mm. someone who is be really just uh, a sociopath, psychopath, whatever, right? And is behaving completely without any empathy towards other people, right? Would you call this person mad? I would, right? So, in this case, mm. I would say Putin is maybe qualifying quite well, right? Well, as, as I said earlier, sociopath probably applies to every successful businessman and uh, psychopath. Probably, but I would give it to all three of them. So Linus wouldn't qualify, although he's coming from a dysfunctional family, because that's what he admitted, but he's, he's not a successful businessman. So he can't, hmm. I mean, he's, I mean, he's a Corbett, or, Yes, exactly. Well, yeah, but this, uh, there is a difference well, between, I mean, is he a dictator? He is a responsible well, dictator yes, in the is. context of his, mm. in his project. He's a BDFL. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, I'm not sure if this is. Uh, I mean, I mean, this is a is an overload of the term dictator. I would say, right? Because in this sense, everyone yeah. who is uh, who is a CEO of a company would be called a dictator, right? Because uh, a CEO of the company is basically also making calls on behalf of the entire company by uh, maybe getting advices, but he makes the call, right? But he's not a dictator in, in, so, in, okay. in a strict sense. Yeah. So, so maybe going back to the Novichok thing, maybe who who of them would you imagine? would poison people for personal gain. Linus Torvalds, I couldn't imagine it. Nah. But the three not. of them in the list? Probably not. Bezos, maybe also not, right? Bezos, yeah, well, yeah, but it's a maybe, right? So, yeah, I mean, uh, actually, actually, he has only, co maybe he has only co commercial interests, right? He is rich enough. He doesn't give a shit. He does whatever he wants, right? <laughs> I, I mean, uh, Trump, like Trump is, uh, Trump is not just problem. after so money. Thing. Trump is not just after money, right? He is, he's really crazy. He's just, he's under, after power, right? And Putin is a, is in a, in a context which is, uh, kind of, yeah. David, I would see distance forget, to the others in a sense, right? No, don't forget a key fact. Bezos lost, lost half of his fortune due to a divorce. Ah, that's a rookie move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I mean, he's, Indeed, he's he going to what a new. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, fine. I, I, I wasn't aware of it. So he lost half of his no, no. money because he basically was exactly. He, and, and, uh, yes, he got this, divorced. Uh, but is, isn't this isn't this something which qualifies him to be less a dictator? Because it seems that he is mm. trusting in love and is is kind of having yeah. some empathy. I, I would go along with that. So I mean, imagine if that with Trump, if Melania says she wants a divorce, I mean, she would have some sort of accident pretty soon, right? <laughs> Plus the fact that Trump doesn't have any money, as we all know anyway. So. Oh, yeah, there is that. I forgot about that. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, if he had. I'm not sure if this is true, right? I'm not sure if this is true. <laughs> David, do you still believe in Santa Claus? I wonder. <laughs> Just checking. No, I mean, I mean, I need not. But uh, I mean, officially, maybe he doesn't have right because otherwise he would pay taxes. But uh, indeed, I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a starter. In, indeed, indeed, he has. But the the point the point the question here is more about uh, let's say Madis dictator and the Madis dictator. I would say Bezos is actually this is disqualified by by just it doing this. By giving half of his money to someone else, so this is not like a, a mad well, dictator didn't in a, in give a sense. Money right? to that person. That person owned half of his money. Didn't really have yeah, much choice yeah, either. Fine, <laughs> fine. which is uh, which is more or less the same, right? I mean, he could have protected himself, but maybe he believed well, in, he had in love and another person and, and whatever, yes. right? Uh, I mean, exactly. So. And he's not stupid. I mean, if he wanted, would have liked to protect himself, he would have done it, right? But maybe he does, doesn't just care if he has, I don't know how, how rich he is, right? But uh, maybe a bunch of billions, uh, let's say, right? A few billions, yes. Still, yeah, so, I mean, mm. honestly, maybe it doesn't matter for him if he has five billions or two billions, right? That's uh, like I, I'm not sure instead how. of 180, isn't it? Yeah. Or whatever, exactly. It's anyway so much money that he can't spend it in his lifetime in real. Right? That depends. Yeah. Maybe. Many rockets to build. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Rockets. As I but not personally, space, right? I mean, it's not his. Space uh, travel is expensive. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's my favorite fact that he in, invests in Blue Origin $1 million every eight hours. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So there you go. Which is common knowledge. I'm not breaking any NDAs <laughs> by saying this. It's, you know, it's well known. Well known. <laughs> Links will be yeah. in the show notes, maybe. Uh, anyway, can we can we close this question? I would say Putin. Putin, right? Because Putin is. Uh, I, I mean, Christoph will not like this, uh, but let's uh, say uh, Putin is is a guy who is really rational in a sense, but he is also not very empathic. He would be the person who would poison whoever, whomever. I mean, not just would he does it. Actually, I would say right, but or maybe not. I, uh, I'm not sure if he has lawyers that that chase us. So maybe not, right? But uh, so so uh, I would say Putin, right? Yeah, I, I'd give it to Trump because maddest, I mean, right? Tr Trump is more erratic. Yeah, but he's that's, not a dictator anymore, right? And maybe he never uh, yeah, had say, the opportunity years, potential. I, I, the problem is, I don't see him having any potential. Right? That's that's really. I, I mean, I'm so upset about this, to be honest, right? And I can't even, I can't even, I can't even imagine how people basically could, could wood for him or. Oh, yeah, no. He'll get back and maybe then he'll get a civil war, you know, QA yeah. against the, the population. How nice Churchill, is this? Yeah. Churchill once said, never, never let a, cr a good crisis go to waste. <laughs> and he had a point. Yeah. 
That's Who's right. saying that? And then he wasn't re-elected after the war as soon as the crisis was gone. Yeah. There you go. Hmm. He lived to learn. Apparently he didn't, but that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving swiftly on into much more Did we conclude anything? Waters. Did we conclude anything? Or yeah, what, what's, what, what, what's your take, there, Martin there, and there is, there is no conclusion on the subject. Mm, there's no conclusion. Yeah, we discussed no. this last year. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. We come to the okay. conclusion so that we discussed no ten qualify. minutes yes. or half an exactly. hour. So, so all of like this was for nothing. The main point was to see how the predictions worked out this year. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking waste of time, man! <laughs> you see, there was an episode where the Grandpa Recorders actually admitted to doing the podcast. And the same goes for Martin and myself, or Rick. Not just because of the listeners, but rather for them having a good time. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that is indeed the now. reason why I'm here, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, for man. listeners. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't, quite of course, right? mean yeah. that our listeners are just an asset. No, no, no. They are much more than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm just I'm just glad to be doing something. Normally at this time I sit on a chair and stare on the wall or something. So so that's nice. Uh, it's a little bit like someone asked you, hey, how is it? Glad to be of service on it. Yeah, down here it's backwards, right? But uh, besides of that everything is fine. <laughs> Okay, anyway. moving moving swiftly on. The next question was actually Apple One, beginning of the end for Intel. We already touched upon the mm, M1, but one, but will this really be the end of Intel? Nah, actually, I think um, that Intel is got his ass a little bit kicked, which is good, right? Because I I think what they are doing, or what you can see this year, is that they are trying to to actually invest a little bit more into architecture in, instead of basically. Just heating the the same or uh, stuff up and up again, right? Uh, I think they admitted that the M1 is just uh, architecturally seen better than what they delivered so far, and they kind of even admitted, or uh, in one of the interviews, right? I, I don't recall the the name of the guy, but uh, I think they admitted that they they basically were a little bit lazy, right? Uh, by by kind of just using whatever they did and and just increase the stepping and only do minor changes or or in, in improving the architecture whereby apple m1 is is kind of a, a huge step and they kind of gave the kudos to to apple for this uh, but if you can if you look at the the latest benchmarks that were released uh, it seems that they they have hardly try to to basically keep up with apple m1 again right so they try to outperform them right again did it, did it work did they succeed yeah, I, they will, I guess. I mean, at at some point, they. I, I mean, hard to say, but but I, I guess uh, what they what it drives is more innovation at at Intel, and maybe at some point they will or see some land again, right? Uh, regard. I mean, to be honest, I mean they still see land, right? They are still the market leader or in this in this domain, right? And and Apple didn't change this, but uh, I think they they all. The, the the competition in this case is something very good, right? Because the competition basically drives also innovation on side of Intel, right? And this is uh, maybe in the interest of everyone in a in a sense. Yeah, but but you you guys are 
Yeah, it, it sounds make it sound like Intel never had any competition, right? So Intel, yeah, AMD, of course it isn't. right? Yeah. So that no, there's, no, no, there's, much there's more. AMD for for years and years and years, sort of biting on their ankles, right? Yeah. There's there's all the ARM uh, companies. Yeah, you know, but uh, so I mean AMD competed with them, but never. I mean AMD had a bunch of <clears throat> CPUs that really got up to the game with them, right? But mm. uh, Intel was was for a long period of time ahead of AMD, right? Uh, uh, maybe there was a period of time in the past with four or four four eighty six or whatever, right? So, um, uh, where, where this was not the not the case, yeah. but then later. Uh, Insel was always ahead of AMD, as far as I can tell. Right? Yeah, and, but that's, um, that's kind of the point I'm making, right? No, so Intel was, has the expertise no, 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 to stay ahead. Intel wasn't really ahead of AMD. In, in certain cases, the uh, in certain cases, but the, in which, was, which yeah. CPU was better? CPUs were better and faster. The ones. Which one? Which one was better? Ryzen and Friends, for example. Ryzen, yeah, but this is the new one. I, you're right. Since Ryzen, AMD is basically are competing more heavily with them, right? But before Ryzen, I, I mean, I don't see that there were CPUs of AMD with which outperformed equivalent CPUs of Intel. When Ryzen, right, Threat Report and so on uh, came, right, they, they basically got uh, more serious competition, but it was not like an order of magnitude or whatever. They, mm. they still played in the same league, right? Now, when Apple right, released the M1... You can say M1, the same about the M1, really. That's, nah, that's the M1, another, M1, it's, it's the not a, M1 was... order of magnitude, it's just... Nah, I think yeah, the... the like, yeah, okay, maybe not order of magnitude, but given the, 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 the benchmarks, right, the M1 marketing. was actually really... Marketing really Apple benchmarks. <laughs> Now it's not just marketing, man. If you try, I, I mean, I, I have a Core i9, right? Beefy machine, a MacBook Pro Core i9. Really, really beefy machine, right? And I tried, tried some workloads on this stuff, right? And then I tried the same workload, workload on an M1 MacBook Air without any, any active cooling and the M1 on the MacBook Air outperformed the i9 in my MacBook Pro, right? Um, regarding the workload. So did the stuff just faster, right? Or at higher resolution and so on, right? And this is not just something which is marketing speech, right? This is, this is real. I mean, uh, it's not also a synthetic benchmark, which I looked at. It was a real workload, which I used basically for producing something and it worked really much better on the M1, right? I was really impressed. It was like, holy shit, right? They just outperformed the, the top level CPU of, of Intel on a, on a device of that size, right? Which doesn't have even active cooling, right? So the, the i9 is basically making noise like hell if you run this workload on it and it's slower, right? At least for this one scenario, right? It doesn't mean that it outperforms it for every, everything, but the M1 really is is having i i'm pretty convinced right the the better architecture and i think intel admitted this right and uh, now intel tries to get back into the game by by competing more heavily right by by kind of investing to to fix this on their side and i guess this is just good for everyone right it's definitely good yeah uh, i said marketing is that some of the claims around the uh, life of the battery and all this kind of stuff is uh that was pure marketing because they ran like videos at five percent brightness and all those kind of things to get to those numbers so that's you know if they, sure. if, maybe if, if maybe that kind sort of thing in marketing then you know they have to question their performance as well but if yeah if yeah maybe 
But if, if you take a look at the market share, and I and I totally get your arguments, David. But at the but at the end of the day, if you take a look at the buyers, the buyers are mostly cloud hyperscalers that buy these CPUs and mainboards and what have you in troves. Mm-hmm. And up to now, AMD oh. and Intel have been <clears throat> prevailing, but. If you take a look at the global deployment factor, you're looking at ARM, at ARM outperforming Intel by way orders of magnitude because of, for example, mobile devices. So yeah, you have sure. to finish here. Yeah. So you have all of these smartphones that are mostly powered by ARM chips, but, and mm-hmm. this is a capital B now, if you're taking a look at the inroads that ARM is making with regards to Graviton and friends, Thomas, I, I reckon there's a, there's not a slim chance. There's actually quite a visible chance of ARM also taking mm-hmm. over in, in the cloud, in, in the, in the hyperscalers. Yeah, yeah. Most likely. That's exactly most likely. what I was going to say. Yeah. The Graviton three just got introduced and there's more and more workloads. You know, just if, if, if you offer a, a Node.js, for instance, that runs on these ARM instances that are, I, I forget the numbers that are 60% cheaper or whatever. Why, 60%? why wouldn't you wow. do it? It's, okay. it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazingly yeah, cheap. It's because the big thing, I mean, at the end, it comes down to physics, right? In a, in a data center, you basically need to cool this stuff. You need to uh, basically That's it. bring yeah, the yeah. energy and so on. Right. And if you can basically improve this or, or uh, by 30% uh, or whatever it is as a percentage, right? Uh, this is a huge business case, right? So I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that we will see more ARM in the cloud or, or in the future, right? Uh, regardless mm-hmm. of Apple M1. But the Apple M1 is not, I mean, the, the question here was more about the Apple M1, right? And um, I, I would say the Apple M1 is not something you will, will see in the cloud, right? It's it's basically <laughs> consumer product or not uh, not something like the Graviton stuff. Or the, the if you ask a question about ARM, Arm, uh, kind of, or hitting hitting the Intel business in general. Yeah, true. Apple M1 also true. I believe, but Apple M1 is more uh, about consumer hardware, right? Something like MacBooks and so on, right? Uh, and in this context, I, I just compared it with something like desktop or laptop or CPUs, and uh, this was my statement. But you're right, Christoph and uh, Thomas. I, I would say right. Uh, I think we will see a raise, rise of uh, ARM in the cloud as well, pretty much. And Apple, if you're listening, just put the M1s in into your hyperscalers. You make money, <laughs> and the hyperscalers will make money too. So this is what is known in sales as a win-win situation. Mm. Apple, the email addresses... Yeah, because Apple, Apple doesn't know how to make money, right? So, <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. Very, very, very simple. doing very okay. Simple in, case yeah. want to, in case they want to make yeah, more and, money. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. How can we make more money? Oh, let's listen to some podcasts. Yeah, uh, let's, let's listen to Christoph, right? Excellent. Uh, yes, you're the uh, first people. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Will no actually yeah this is this is for you David shakeups in the programming language area for 2021. Nah oh, man, I don't know. Let me leap. Yeah, I guess you will say Rust. Uh, Rust <laughs> exactly. is the one. Rust is the one which uh, I, I mean I tend to agree. I heard more about Rust in the in the, in the last month. Rust months, is or... the program language to rule uh, them all. Yes, that's the word. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know, right? But uh, I, I at least it seems to get some serious traction because I I hear people talking about it. I hear software engineers talking about it. In I hear people, 
Uh, no, not in Krumbach. Uh, in in uh, customer meetings and so on, right? Anyway, uh, so the yeah, me being in Krumbach, but uh, anyway, so the so, sorry, yeah, just, I, I, just I don't for know, the people right? who don't know, sorry, the thing is, I'm not following this shit, man. I'm not following it, but I, I hear about it. Krumbach is a village in low, uh, lower upper Bavaria, I can't remember, in, in the middle of nowhere, about 200 inhabitants. So if Russ has made it to Krumbach, which apparently is not the case, you would be looking at a mainstream language, like yeah, Java. Yeah, the, the, the problem is we don't have electricity, we don't have internet, right? So we don't have any infrastructure, cars, no. What is a car, that man? seems right? to be the uh, issue. Uh, exactly, uh, as we already pointed out, right? And and uh, given that, it is really amazing that I'm doing a podcast with you guys impressed, or, or Tom is about tech stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, given the fact that we only have, uh, I don't know, right? So... Yeah, hamster wheels and stuff like this, right? For producing <laughs> electricity. <laughs> and this is German. Sorry, this is Bavaria. Sorry, it, it's not German. Yeah. No, it's just Bavaria. That's all. Yeah, and in Bavaria, we don't believe in Santa Claus, by the way. Uh, right? We believe in the Christkindl. Right? <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> uh, not me personally, right? I still believe in Santa Claus. No, just. <laughs> Uh, actually, I have to say, yeah, I do, right? Uh, because uh, I, I mean, or, because because I I rethink really that Saint Nicholas was a real person, right? In the in the past, right? I don't believe that there is a as a Coca Cola version of it, which is me gifts for Christmas, right? But he, uh, but uh, Lord, this, uh, if Lars Anthony to go by, he's he's from ex Russia, no, no, so it would make sense, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It yeah, all makes so much, sense. Yeah. yeah, so much for programming languages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. going back to the programming language topic, exactly. Santa Claus programming language. So, so it's now. Kotlin or it's Rust or it's TypeScript or what? Depends, right? It depends for, I, I mean, it depends uh, on the use the case. The question was shakeups. It means shakes, shakeups. I mean, shake Rust up. is in, on track, right? So as in, meaning as in, there's, yeah, there's as, no, in, as in program language that will rattle the cage. Yeah, but I mean, didn't this already happen? I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I have the feeling that Rust already convinced the bigger community and that people expect that it will win some ground against C++ or whatever, right? And maybe Golang. And uh, so, so they, they, whatever happens now is basically a little bit expected, I would say, right or not? Okay. So, uh, and uh, for Kotlin, for instance, Kotlin also found its way into Android development and mobile development stuff, right? So, I, I don't, I, I think they are, they found their their domain, and uh, again, right? I, I don't think that there will be big surprises around it. Let's uh, say, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe there, uh, there is this programming language, language which I see on on Twitter from time to time because uh, an old friend of us, uh, Christoph, uh, is is working on it, which is uh, SICK, SICK, right? Did we, did you ever hear about SICK? Yes, I, of course, I have. And uh, Laura, do you, you think that SICK is, is getting any crown? That any any no, get, is getting any crown? It's maybe? not. Why do don't you think so? I I mean. No, because I mean, I, it, it doesn't have a community that follows it, apparently, with a, a comparison to Rust and other languages. 
I, I'm a follower of it. More you are, accident, okay. but more by accident, but okay. More. So how, far, how many projects have you used it so far? I am, I'm not saying that I'm using it. I'm just saying ah, I'm following okay. it, right? This is the difference. I'm also not using Rust, right? So if this is, an, is a criteria, then yeah, Rust will not get any traction because I'm not using it. This is not how it works, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I mean, just your personal opinion, right? So you don't think that Zig will, will basically win some land. I would have my doubts, let's put it this way. Okay. And why do you think, I mean, Rust, maybe, if, uh, again, you know more than me about it. Uh, what is the, what is the motivation for people to use Rust, uh, over other stuff like C++ or there are also multiple versions of C++, right? Uh, or standards, uh, or something like, uh, for instance, uh, Golang or whatever, right? So what, what is the, what is the motivation to use something like Rust instead of that, right? If Netflix and methadone doesn't do it for you anymore, you basically look at Rust because that's the next level of insanity. Yeah, but this is not an argument, right? It is. This is basically, I, I, I don't know, right? I mean, this is it's an empty phrase. It couldn't be more empty. I'm, I mean, in, in my day-to-day -day job, I'm not thinking, hmm, I wish I had more insanity now. Yeah. No, uh, I wish I get less done. You see, there was, and, and this is publicly known. If you take a look at the total cost of ownership of a code base, Rust features quite well. The learning curve, the learning curve is quite steep. But the mm. thing is, this, all these concepts that Rust have, like ownership, like no garbage collection, all the rest of it, ultimately needs, leads to safer code. And that's exactly why why you see this mainstream this mainstream adoption, the likes of Microsoft and so forth, who said basically forget about our old workhorse called C plus plus. We're switching to Rust big big time. That's exactly it. The investment so, is quite large. question: How much of this is actually real? How much of this is just uh, community <clears throat> marketing and hey, fancy stuff and hey, totally hip and so on? And how much is, of this is really real? Take uh, a look uh, at something called GitHub. Yeah, but uh, what what should it tell me? I mean, listen, I mean, what GitHub tells me how many people forked it, or uh, how much people contributed to it, and so on, right? But this, those are those are in in a sense also marketing biased uh, metrics, right? Okay, there is a community, so someone convinced enough people to find it trendy and cool, but this doesn't give any any rational reason. Uh, so. I, so my question was a different one. My question was not, hey, does it trend? Okay, fine, it trends, right? My question was, why does it trend? Why do people basically uh, say, hey, I want to use this? What is the actual value at and why is this value there, right? This is my question. The value is quite straightforward. Lower total cost of ownership, lower safer code, and more robust code. And let me rephrase that question or that statement. Take a look at the adoption of something called Rust on GitHub code bases over the last two years. Mm. I mean, personally, if you ask me, I don't believe in this one language to rule them all, right? So, for instance, I, I, I write web applications. Would I use Rust for that? Probably not in a million. By, by years, this measure, right? JavaScript would be a good language, right? I mean, this is. But that—that's uh, kind of what I was getting at. I mean, JavaScript yeah. for for what I do, Node and JavaScript just makes sense. It's what the browser understands. So, 
you know, I'm as the browser learns a different language. Called WASM. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know WebAssembly. Yeah, sure. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know if that. If you've but been following this, you'll see actually that Rust yeah, is the most adopted language for for WebAssembly. Uh, uh, is is it uh, okay? So so I I already know TypeScript. So what am I gaining by learning Rust? I mean, I get it if if I start out fresh in the <clears> job. A Porsche too, maybe a Tesla. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You asked, I'm saying. Well, there you go. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> but then you can only drive one Tesla at a time, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, JavaScript TypeScript works for me. And if you say Rust uh, doesn't have garbage collection, then, to be honest, that puts me off. I like garbage Fair collection. Enough. <laughs> Fair, Fair enough. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that puts me off. I, I I like to just new objects up and not think about the life cycle. That works for me. Rust is not, yeah, Rust for is some not use cases, not for all of Rust them. Right? Not, I mean, if you Rust develop system software, maybe not. That's it. If 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 I was coding a system kernel, then probably JavaScript would not be my first choice. You know, yeah, exactly. it's it's all about this what is, are we doing here, yeah. right? I mean, Which this is, is exactly... back to the point that Kotlin basically is good for something like mobile development. Rust is maybe good yeah. for something like system software. TypeScript is good for something like web application or whatever, yeah, exactly. full stack applications that's, and so on. Right? That's it, kind of what not... I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You, you just mentioned a very important subject there: ecosystem. If you take a look at the growth of the Rust ecosystem in the last seven years. I'm almost tempted to say that it took Python 20 plus years, JavaScript maybe 15 years to get through that stage. I mean, granted, probably JavaScript is with NPM and all the rest of them is probably the most comprehensive ecosystem that you have. But the growth of the code base that you simply can pull down from crates.io has been enjoying a significant explosion over the last five years, five plus years, because the adoption is there. And I'm not saying that Rust is the language of choice for every project. No, I'm not. But it certainly, it keeps growing on, on the WebAssembly side. It's certainly entering the server side big time, and it's really competing with JavaScript and friends there, don't get me wrong. Plus, more and more people are actually taking a look at how you can combine Python, for example, with Rust. Mm. And there's also a company called Redis, I don't know if that rings a bell, that has this NoSQL database out there where actually some people said that in contrast to the previous implementation language for something called modules, which are simply a server extension, we're going to use, we're going to use Exactly. We're going to use Rust in, in favor of, in contrast to C because of the apparent advantages that Rust brings with it. Mm. Yeah, but still, I, I, I would never write a, a standard API application in a non-garbage collected language because why, right? So for, for, for a plugin for something like database where performance is super, super critical and can't sort of be easily just scaled up by throwing Iron edit, right? That makes sense. That's that's probably the right use case. But for me, pff, nah, screw that. <laughs> okay. Can um, just out of interest, how many uh, programming languages do you guys come across in your uh, 
you know, uh, experience with your customers and things like that? Do you see rust? Do you see, I mean, you, you're developing, obviously. Um, the enterprise much, customers, um, I always saw, honestly, with enterprise customers, I saw C, C++, Java, mm -hmm. and if it was a .NET shop, .NET, or mm -hmm. shop, .NET, right? C Sharp, bit of Python. Uh, and Python, yeah. Python mostly for something like mm -hmm. automation and stuff like that, right? So the DevOps and data science, Python, I didn't see, or and data science indeed, right? But I didn't yeah. see Python for in in production for for any any actual service. Same for Node.js. I only saw Node.js for something like uh, toy projects or whatever, right? Never in a production uh, system. Maybe maybe some startups I worked with in the past, right? Um, that were uh, prospects or customers used something like Node.js um, or Python. To, to do fancy stuff, right? But uh, for the big enterprise companies I worked with, it was mainly our C, C++, or Java, um, and uh, for for some companies that were the .NET shops for the enterprise software, right? Uh, not something yep. like uh, data science or, or automation or whatever. The, the actual enterprise software was basically yeah, C, C++, Java, or .NET, right? Yeah, so so I mean, how much change is there in in this? And if we consider the amount of programmers that work in this in this field, then you know, the small amount of people that have a bit of a play with Rust is probably not significant um, mm. in, in the whole scheme of things. Uh, but not whether or not least, it's, it's yeah. a great language or not, but uh, yeah, 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 and exactly, exactly. It lives currently on runs on a few machines anyway, so don't worry about it. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That Nazi is the next language. I'm Same right now on the 2020 State of the Developer Ecosystem report by JetBrains, by the way, right? It's a bit outdated, but Rust was basically at uh, something like, what do they say here? Uh, used in the last 12 months. Uh, Rust was uh, behind Kotlin. Maybe this changed in a, in a sense, right? Rust yeah, basically 7, 7%, Kotlin at 17% because of the Android adoption, right? Um, then uh, Bash was 39%, Java 54 Java was basically 54%, Python 55 right? SQL 56 I'm not sure if this is actually a programming language, HTML, CSS uh, 60, 61, and JavaScript was 70%, right? So yeah. used. Or, so uh, And now this doesn't tell you anything about enterprise projects, right? This is basically just the... Uh, uh, let's say the overall usage, which means the report is a bit, report is a bit misleading because there are, there are probably uh, a lot of projects that use JavaScript in the front end and so on, right? And there's maybe a lot less uh, system software which could potentially use Rust, uh, let's say. But uh, so if Rust is basically something which is going to be uh, replace C, right? Um, then C or C++ is C++. Yeah, C++ had, has 27%, right? Whereby JavaScript has 70%. So now back to Thomas' point, how do you judge our, um, you, this, this programming language in the context of this question? And I, I guess uh, context matters in this case, right? So, yeah. um, I mean, just take a look at Stack Overflow. Just take a look at something called the, in, the, the interest, uh, sorry, the interest of being earnest. Chiobi. It's a favorite programming language index. The importance yeah, of yeah. being earnest. That's it. Exactly. 
I, I guess um, I guess it will tell you the same, right? It will tell you, hey, or maybe based on the actual overall usage of the program language in the world, something like JavaScript is dominating, but no one uses it for actual enterprise projects, right? In the back end, at least, uh, more in the front end and so on, right? Um, but this doesn't doesn't. I mean, such statistics doesn't tell you anything about the quality of the programming language and so on, right? And uh, the question is, in which context does it produce any noise, uh, let's say, right? And what you say, okay, Rust is producing noise maybe for developing system software. Maybe it does in the in the Linux community. Maybe it does in the in the database communities, right? Because uh, it's something which is used there, right? But Thomas has a point, right? Someone who is basically developing right now in Java or in .NET or let's say, right, or Kotlin, he, he wouldn't use Rust if there is no garbage collection because the, you would like to have some comfort when developing software. You don't want to to, to basically dispose your, your objects manually and so on for stuff like that, right? So, uh, for something like, hey, maybe system software where you go really down to maybe dealing with memory allocation or whatever, right? Um, it makes totally sense to, to basically uh, do this manually, right? But not for every context. And it doesn't make sense at all from my point of view for something like uh, like front-end stuff, which is running in the browser, right? People are checking about five years' time when David has been proven wrong. Or yeah, you, right? We'll so still be using JavaScript, you. I'm sure of it. I, I'm pretty sure people that use TypeScript in, in the browser. You never oh, know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that um, the, the, the one which will get more traction in the browser will be TypeScript, maybe, right? So um, I actually yeah. like it. Um, and then JavaScript will still be around, right? And Rust will basically have its community. Um, but uh, but all the respect, right? We all live in our bubbles, Christoph, right? And, and of your course we do. Is more <laughs> is more the Linux uh, ecosystem. And okay, fine. Maybe there's a lot of noise yeah. there around Rust. Fine, makes given, sense. But uh, yeah, given the fact that everyone. Linux is a tiny operating system with a tiny market share, anyway. So <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> Forget about the, it. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, but this is not the question, man. Right? The question but, is not hey. Yeah. Well, how big is Linux or not, right? The question is, uh, what other software is out there beyond Linux? And there is a lot of other software out there which can be programmed in a lot of different programming language, yeah. languages. And the dominating stuff is not is is not the Linux kernel, let's say, if it comes to the mass of software which is out there. The Absolutely. dominating stuff is yeah. is software which is is basically utilizing it somewhere underneath, yep. indeed, right? But uh, so so meaning JavaScript, for instance, has for a reason seventy percent here, and, and no, no uh, Rust has for a reason seven percent, right? That's yeah, that's it. even even though hundred percent of my code actually ends up running on Linux, I code against Node.js, so the code could just as well run on Windows. So yeah. Fine. That's precisely the reason why a guy called David Baer recently made the switch from COBOL to Java about seven years ago. Uh, I don't know who that is. I have to Google that. <laughs> uh, exactly. It can't joking. be me. I mean, uh, anyway. Uh, but I'm trying to go away from Java to Kotlin, by the way. <laughs> because I, I like Kotlin as, you, a language, yes. as a language more and it's completely compatible with my with my. David, uh, we have we already... We already have established the fact that you're becoming a hipster rapidly, so no worries. Have hipster rapidly. 
<laughs> this is anyway. of Elfenstein, right? So I like Cotton, right? And what does this anyway mean, right? I mean, if you're saying Rust is much more popular and all the cool kids are using Rust now and it will be used in the web and blah, blah, blah right? Aren't you the hipster instead of me, right? No, I'm not. Like, wow. Uh, I'm, close. I'm not an application <laughs> developer. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, just, and just by, by the way, you are using an M1 since a year or so, or no? Almost, since yes. it was released, right? So whenever this was, yeah, that counts as hips of them. Yeah, exactly. I had the choice. So I went for an M1 because I think it's a cool machine. Uh, you yeah. see, you hipster, you <laughs> Thomas. If Thomas Cook, if you're listening, the email address is sponsored Linux Linux or you. Okay. Given the fact that we are probably reaching about four hours recording time now, we should probably move to the last question, which is actually the biggest prediction for 2021 as of last year. Linux Inlos continues to be the primary podcast. Martin's prediction for sponsorship will come from Apple, Microsoft, and IBM. Martin, I think you failed on that one. Or did you? Or, or, or did you? Oh, did you not get the memo? Ah. No, I didn't. Can you explain, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the, re- the reason is that all the money is going to Martin's bank account. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it mysteriously disappears. Uh, uh, no, no, it went over to good use. Yeah. <laughs> uh, continues to be the primary podcast. The primary podcast for whom? For you guys or? <laughs> no, for the open source world. <laughs> for it, it, okay. Uh, for the open source world, right? Okay. I find the, I find the question a bit misleading, right? It says continues to be the primary podcast. Anyway. Uh, it still is. No worries. Okay. So, so our target audience isn't sort of limited to the open source world. So it would be a good extension of us if we sort of annex your podcast and, and bring it all together into one. Very nice. Well, already, so, so that's already my started. prediction. We already established the fact that we, Grumpy Old Cord is not an open source podcast. Yes. Mm. No. no, that's my prediction. A hostile takeover will take place. What, what is, what, what is, by, by the way, what is qualifying an open source podcast? I mean, just wondering. What are the criteria for this? That we talk about open source issues? Yeah, nope. yeah, sure. And, uh, and, uh, so if we talk about open source issues, then we are an open source podcast, but we also talk now about M1s and so on, right? M1 doesn't have, have anything to do with open source. This is the grumpy old quarters intruding, but that's okay because. Yeah, indeed, you. right. So yeah, it's our fault. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I totally feel ashamed of, right? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Whatever yeah, also all, all the co- all the strange commercial uh, proposals here, right, made in this podcast were actually in real <laughs> our ideas. So if Be- Bezos and others want to send checks, right, then please send them to Grumpy with <laughs> Whatever, whatever goes, fine by me. Yeah. No worries. I'm not sure oh, they can sponsor two podcasts to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they couldn't afford that. Pretty right? sure not. Yeah, pretty <laughs> sure not. Uh, anyway. Uh, um, so, biggest prediction for 2021. Oh, 2022. Let's make it 2022. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> biggest, uh, yeah. Is this a question to us or? It I is. It, uh, is. Mm. it doesn't have to be open source related as long as it's. <laughs> I, yeah. 
not sure what would be the biggest prediction. Maybe, maybe the graphic cards prices will, will go down, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't it's imagine that they go prediction. Yeah. That's just the hope. Yeah, yeah. That is a, it's a hope. Uh, yeah. This is called wishful thinking, David. Yeah, exactly. And maybe I will be able to finally buy a PlayStation Five or Xbox. How many graphic cards do you need, David? <laughs> Uh, anyway, I, I'm not sure. I mean, what, what was, what was trending in, in our conversations or in the past, uh, uh, Thomas? I, I think we talked a lot of about, about ML ops, right? So basically productionizing or something, yeah. like machine learning and stuff like this, uh, um, in the context of data engineering and so on. And I guess, um, this is something which will, will kind of, or maybe it already does, right? But, uh, maybe it's still a little bit in flux. And, um, I guess we will see more like that, right? We basically see that this is more consolidated architectures mm. are more consolidated. That's stuff right. like, stuff like feature stores and so on will, will be more, um, well known and, uh, kind of be part of, uh, of normal application or landscapes, right? Uh, all this stuff will maybe converge a little bit, right? Because, uh, something like, uh, I mean, something like, um, ML AI or stuff will just become part of normal data pipelines, right? Uh, maybe you will not call it out at some point. It will be commodity in the sense that uh, mm. it will be operated the same way as other stuff uh, out there, right? And there will be some common patterns that will be established, right? Yeah, Instead of, definitely uh, heavy investment, more sort of custom-made chips for machine learning. We already have a couple of those, but mm-hmm. there'll be more investment into that specialized hardware for machine learning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so that's ML still ops. going strong. Maybe even the term ML ops will at some point disappear and it will just converge with whatever our dev ops uh, is right now, right? Um, uh, just being extended as a concept in a, in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I think this will consolidate over the time, uh, in a sense, right? So this might, maybe not next year, but my, my prediction is that, uh, AI ML as it is right now, right? So maybe, so simply AI ML uh, stuff, not the, not the strong AI, uh, <laughs> indeed, not uh, will, will become, will become to a degree, um, uh, commodity that we, we don't basically, um, yeah hype it that much anymore and in this context uh, we will have uh, also some some patterns uh, emerging that uh, will basically be normally used right like for instance feature stores is a, is a good point right? any other okay. predictions yeah, for next year before we come to the feedback in the um, things that we get. I mean, in which context? I mean, something which you can see, right, uh, for next year, which I basically are looking forward to is, and what is already the case in a sense, and which will continue that way, uh, is uh, that something like tech-wise, right, electric cars, for instance, will become completely commodity, right? So it's already partially the case, but... uh, uh, right now, it's a little bit like, oh yeah, there's a Tesla and so on, right? And everyone associates this stuff with fancy, fancy things and so on. Uh, maybe it's just me, but uh, I, I just went a few weeks ago to to my car dealer uh, because I had to bring my car into the garage, and they basically had just as normal, right, as every single other car or an electric car in the showroom, which just looked as any normal car, right? Uh, so now, uh, which brings the point up uh, why. 
yeah. Uh, why I should find Tesla is any more fancy, right? If if other, I mean, maybe there is a good reason why I should. But <laughs> anyway, something like this will, will also be more commodity. I mean, I guess guess my point is just that stuff which is now fancy or was observed still fancy in this year will be more commodity in some cases next year. I'm not sure if this is a, if this is actually fair. <laughs> If this is any any statement, <laughs> fairly unspecific. Uh, yeah, it's, it's actually not any statement, I, but uh, but it's the best I can do right now. Right? That's okay. So. Yeah. You can go with electric cars, become mainstream. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah, maybe they are already, um, but um, maybe not. Maybe not. So, what is your opinion about this, Christoph Martin? I don't have I don't have an electric car, so I can't really tell. Um, at the moment, I reckon here in Frankfurt, where I live. You don't see that many cars, and the infrastructure is hard. I just took a electric car for a spin about two weeks ago, just for the weekend, and it was quite disappointing. Basically, the challenges that uh, that I had to overcome with regards to rechanging the car, uh, having to plan my route carefully between between recharging points, mm-hmm. because unlike even if I stuck, if I if I stuck to to major high to to major ro- motorways in this country, as in autobahns, as they're known in Germany, you have to plan your route carefully because uh, sometimes the loading docks, as in recharging docks, are incompatible. There are different there are difficulties with the with the with the payment system. So you really have to plan ahead. Unlike basically where you have your petrol powered car where you simply drive up to a petrol station and simply put petrol in the tank mm-hmm. i find sense. this well, overly complicated yeah honestly, least, anyway yeah honestly to be fair that should be outlawed right so that that electric charging stations are incompatible between car brands that's just absolutely stupid and i think yeah. the government should should outlaw that that's just yeah, madness. European Union should probably do this. I mean, in UK, yeah, the UK agreed. Is whatever you do in the UK, right? But in our case, the European <laughs> Union should basically <laughs> do this. Uh, I also know one who has an electric car and he has a set of adapters, right? Which is also a little bit funny, really right? so basically a kind of set of adapters, or just in case that he doesn't. It's like have in the right early mobile phone days. Uh, yes. Okay. Jesus. Uh, uh, like. This is this is the new technology, right? But anyway, I mean, if you go or again, right, if you go to maybe any car dealer right now, they will have electric cars in their showrooms the same way as normal cars, and they look exactly the same way, right? So meaning, or at least uh, the brand which I looked at, uh, you don't see a big difference. And um, I was really impressed by that, right? It was like, okay, hey, uh, so it looks totally commodity <laughs> now, right? Uh-huh. Nothing fancy, no fancy design elements in addition or whatever, right? In order to say, hey, if you're hyper modern or whatever, right? Um, it, it was just looking as any normal car, just electric, electric, electrical charged. And uh, I, I think this is the future and why I look forward to it in a sense, right? I buy one as soon as the infrastructure is better, right? <laughs> Okay, moving on to the feedback. I think we have still quite a few emails coming in. So, for example, a guy called Donald writes in, Idlos, I'm looking for your expertise on setting up a social media platform. 
called Truth. Am is this I real, man? Is this now yes. real, or is this no, is this uh, is this like like the last name of this guy is Trump? No, or whatever. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting there. I'm just getting there. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, he has some he has some troubles. If I understand this email correctly, he has some troubles with regards to setting up um, a Macedon clone. And okay. I'm just wondering if if we can help him there, Martin. What do you think? Who is this? A guy called Donald, and Donald. it says P O T U S. Doesn't sound one of our usual listeners. <laughs> is he a new one? Hmm. Don't know. Apparently, there was a fuck up with regards to Macedon a couple of weeks back. I'm just wondering what we should what we should do with that email. Right, he didn't get banned from any other social media, did he? Uh, apparently, that is the case. <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. So I ruined your joke by referring to Trump. Sorry about that. <laughs> you that guessed the punchline. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> but it was maybe just too obvious, Christoph, right? Wow. Being the guest uh, and criticizing the jokes. Oh god. Yeah. I'm not making any friends here. Jesus. Uh, maybe just the next, low, the next, right? the next mail comes from a, an alias by the name of Thomas. Who writes in? Uh -oh. <laughs> I'm, bored with my, I'm bored with my podcast because I don't know my co-host. What can you do about it? <laughs> I don't know what. Thomas writes in, basically, I'm bored with my own podcast. It's all about grumpy old... It's, it's, it's about grumpy old coders. Like, it's about a, 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 an old coding experience. Can you help me here? Thomas, that wouldn't be you defecting, no, would it? Oh no, 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 of course not. <laughs> so, so how, Thomas podcast. <laughs> so how, how how would you help me? I mean, Thomas, Rust, 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 Rust. Can you use Rust? <laughs> Whatever the problem is, use the, the Rust. Email, the uh, email uh, address uh, is applications at Linux in Rust.eu. Rust uh, at Linux in Rust.eu. Have to Well, oh, it's uh, too much effort. Yes, uh, I, I, I think Thomas might say. Yes, the next email comes from a Mrs. Visser. Funny enough, it says here, "Please, can you help me? My husband is way too much around me since he's between jobs, and he doesn't spend as much time as he used to on minding his I, computer infrastructure zoo, leading okay. to all sorts of problems." Oh, we have lots of advice for that, don't we? <laughs> Martin, why don't it, it you sounds like uh, automation to rush, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Martin, that wouldn't be your wife now, would it? I don't think so. Yeah. I'm just checking. Because yeah, it, yeah. It, it, by the way, it's not funny anymore if you call it out directly, right? Anyway, uh, so it well, needs to be a bit subtitled at least. She didn't. But. She didn't. She didn't <laughs> choose. She didn't choose to be anonymous, so that's okay. Uh, Martin, that sounds pretty much like you because, well, there has been there have been certain infrastructure challenges. Let's put it this way. Oh, there have been some Ubuntu upgrade challenges. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny that you're right that, that your wife actually writes writes into the podcast. And Martin, there's another note from <laughs> such dickheads. <laughs> Martin, um, this is getting serious. Martin, there's a there's another note, and apparently this is just addressed to me. A certain Marcus Brown said that he's not impressed with the Linux in his performance, but oh. he uses an email address called marcus.brown at jva 
a.byron.de. Martin, what the fuck? Marcus Brown. Yes, you didn't hire Marcus Brown for the head of uh, as the head of marketing, no, as the yeah, signature yeah. might imply. I didn't hire any marketing. We could better off without them in general. So. Uh, <laughs> That's why we the keep name, firing the, them. Martin, do you know who Marcus? Do you know who Marcus Brown is? <laughs> Sounds like a baseball player or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, does the name Wirecard ring a bell? Yes, mm-hmm. it does. Oh, yes, he, he used to be the CEO of, of that company. Mark, Martin, you didn't hire the guy that blew 1.5 billion I didn't, euros. No, did you? No. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I mean, the jokes beside, right? Uh, and uh, I actually really enjoy dark humor and so on. But uh, the um, I really enjoyed having this episode with you, right? Um, it was a bit like, uh, how did... Thomas said to say in one of our our in our last episodes, uh, like a walk into the woods, or how did you phrase it, Thomas? Uh, oh yeah, I said something about being lost in the woods, but I don't remember the exact words. Yeah, so yeah. we got. Uh, I think the it was very a talk in a in a sense, which is maybe uh, because we didn't prepare well enough. But uh, I I really yeah, liked awful. being here, yeah, like being here prepare. and having just uh, yeah. that's the point. Yeah, okay, fine. But sometimes maybe we should. (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) I think it went fine. Yeah, yeah. I like like being together with you guys, right? I I literally do. I mean, it's it's always fun. It's always uh, a little bit uh, funny to to kind of have this little little sarcastic fights and so on, right? Oh, we've got some uh, some feedback from Biku. Yes. Why don't you read it out? Okay. Uh, what is it? Biku says, Hello, Dr. Zimmerman and Martin. Listening to episode SE01E43, The Great Battle or Not, I fe- kind of felt like an Aussie batsman facing Kirtley Ambrose in Perth on January 13, 1993. There you go. It was all incomprehensible and went straight over my head. Uh, remind the listeners what um, episode 43 was, Chris? That was actually the discussion with Professor Meyer on databases. Aha, uh-huh, there we go. Okay. That's a very apt uh, bit of feedback right on time. Now, don't get me wrong here. It was my inability that was to be blamed and not the way in which Martin and one of the grumpy old coder explained the concept behind the hipster databases. That Ambrose reference might go over the head of our American listeners as they don't know much about this glorious game called cricket. Well, cricket is vastly superior and evolved from something Americans known as baseball. Um, right. Ooh, there we go. He also mentions, uh, I recently came across a disadvantage of using a proprietary platform. I suggested the grumpy old coder podcast to a friend and he tried to subscribe it via antenna pod on his Android device, but the tracker blocking mechanism on his phone did not allow him to subscribe. So, Grumpy Old Coders, um, you need to think about your uh, publishing medium. Right. Since it seems to be being blocked by uh, antenna pod or such. Yeah. I told you, Martin, that SoundCloud is crap. Well, don't tell me. Tell uh, uh, the grumpy coders. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Sorry, I said David. I think I, I thought it was over, right? I, I thought we, sorry. I, I even apologized. I said David. Anyway, sorry, I meant anyway, David. 
the map. <laughs> oh, man. David, I, so, let me first yeah. David, I told you that SoundCloud is crap. <laughs> no, you didn't, but uh, it's okay, right? So I, I think for the most of the users out there, right, they... The I, I'm not sure, them. man, right? We are not an open source <laughs> podcast, as you already pointed out, right? So we assume that people will be able to use either SoundCloud or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and if not, or there is a website which is called crumpyoldcoders.org, which is embedding all our episodes uh, nicely or into a player where someone can basically just uh, press play if he wants to listen to it, right? That's it. Yeah, I'm actually trying it just now. If I can see it in Google Podcasts, I actually have never tried that. So let's see. I think, uh, I'm not sure if we, if we have it in Google Podcasts because what we need to do is, uh, I mean, the way how it usually works, right? For everyone who wants to uh, do podcasts or that, uh, the only thing you need is an RSS feed, right? SoundCloud is giving you this RSS feed. You register this RSS feed with something like Spotify, with something like, uh, well, for instance, Apple Podcasts, right? Uh, you need to do it only once. And then as soon as you have registered it, or they, they will basically update their internal databases and it will be visible to you, right? And I'm yeah. not sure if we would have needed to do the same with Google Podcasts, but... Uh, no, it, it just worked. I just entered it okay. as grumpy old coders and here it is and I can subscribe. So it just walks. Yeah, yeah but so yeah, they do it automatically. Feed, it seems yeah. the, the feed on the website, uh, David, refers actually to SoundCloud. Yeah, uh, yeah. SoundCloud. Uh, no, no. The uh, the website basically has an embedded player. You can play it from there, right? And uh, the feed, which I'm basically having on SoundCloud, I'm basically telling other services like Apple Podcasts or Spotify uh, to to basically yeah just pull it and they do it and then they kind of host it or re-host it or however it works right mm. um and so uh, yeah um, people can use whatever service they would like to use it maybe it doesn't work with this one which you mentioned but i i never tried it with this one right but it worked quite well so far with spotify uh, it works so, so far yeah. quite well it's on cloud it worked quite well with uh, Apple Podcast, uh, and it seems to seems to work with Google Podcasts as well, right? I, I mean, there are plenty of ways how you can listen to it, right? And uh, given that we don't have thousands of listeners, I guess uh, it should be fine. Unlike yeah. us, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Martin, remind me, we should get a Discord server up and running because this is exactly what they have. Yeah, yeah it worked well so far. Actually, uh, hang on, uh, well. were you not uh, recording separately before? We still are. So we've not tried recording over Discord yet, okay. but just as a general no, Discord is just for the, really for the well. communication, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, we, so we invite guests to it, or for instance, uh, as you know, right? And then we, we kind of communicate via Discord. We actually even have Discord now has also events. Uh, so I did put our event here into our Discord service. So uh, Thomas and I uh, don't forget about it. I know they yeah. are necessary because there are also calendars and so on, but yeah, it's actually nice to have one single place where we yeah. have this stuff uh, in it, right, um, for podcast recording. And this is basically now, uh, let's say, uh, our Discord. Um, I mean, we don't have a big community in Discord, by the way. Only a few people joined this, and uh, most of them are known by us. So meaning there's nearly no community in Discord, so it didn't work out that way, let's say, right, I, 
uh, would like to have more people basically going there and just joining. But uh, on the other hand side, uh, given that of what our podcast is, that it's just a little bit uh, of, of fun we are having, given that I'm, I'm actually not too... Yeah, I, I like the fact that we have some listeners, uh, let's say, right? Um, so it, it is okay, right? It's beyond my expectations. <laughs> to have listeners. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, which is maybe because my expectations weren't that high, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Episode one has 186 listens, right? Or plays, whatever this means, right? I'm not sure how many bots are there out there doing this, but um, I think the best one is the one about open world, which is interesting, right? Um, Funny um, which that! Has, <laughs> which has, uh, which has uh, 215. Exactly. David, I wonder why that is. Yeah, exactly. I wonder why this is. Uh, it's basically more or less twice as much, right? Which uh, is interesting. So maybe your user maybe. base is more or less as big as our user base. Maybe it's just a title. People downloading yes, it and listening course, to it. Exactly. Oh my yes. God, this is not about gaming at all. You know? And then oh, stop that it. Or something. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Exactly. Coding with Kotlin, coding with Kotlin also got some traction, 119 listens, right? Okay. Uh, the dark side, 123, right? Actually got good wa- feedback about this that one a, from. That was an excellent episode. Never mind oh, yeah. the number of people who listened to it. Oh wow, thank yeah, you. I got also feedback from people that are not from the tech industry, right? Which was a bit interesting. So people reached out to me, our colleagues and, and friends and so on, that were not from the tech industry by saying, hey, yeah, we listened to this uh, because we found it interesting. Blatant, just... blatant plug people. If there's one episode you should listen to from the Grumpy Old Coders, that's the one. Apart from the just released one about women in tech. These are the two main episodes that you should listen to. I'm almost tempted to say forget about the rest, but that wouldn't picture it. No. Uh, (laughs) These two episodes uh, are the prime, are the primeval ones. I I agree with that. Yeah. I think these are certainly the ones I'm most proud of. So, so yeah. So thanks for saying that. Job well done. But they are, they are not about tech at all, right? Which is funny. No, I mean, this is exactly it. I mean, don't get me wrong. .NET is very important, but these two episodes have reached out be way beyond the technical audience, especially the dark side. I mean, fair enough. You stole the title from us because we, of by, course, by have the dark side tech support. Way, by, yes, by accident, That's I realized fine. The two no worries. That you have something <laughs> no worries. No worries. No worries. No worries. But our two dark sides, I reckon, are completely different anyway. So that doesn't matter. But the subject is highly re- is 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 highly relevant, and that's exactly why I truly recommend listening to that episode, because you touched upon this in a very unique way. Wow. This is my opinion. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you so much. And oh, banter you. aside, because this is what matters. Hmm. Things people will, will will be in the show notes. Yeah, cool. Uh, I mean, wow. really, thank you very much. Again, we, we, you do, usually do this just to have fun. Uh, in this case, we, we just thought, and maybe this is the reason why it is better than the, the rest in a, in a sense, right? Um, we, we just thought that it kind of, it makes sense to talk about it, right? Um, because it, it was a kind of inner feeling which we wanted to kind of transfer in a, in a sense, right? Um, to 
just discuss it or and maybe the woman in tech stuff is also uh, in, in the same category right that uh, um, there is an issue that not enough women are in our industry right so if you look at the ratio there it's it's uh it's interesting mm. to see that right and if we remember our time at uni thomas right i think we were how many students maybe 160 I, oh yeah Don't 160 like started in this group and we had, I don't, don't know, three women, right? Three women amongst them, something like that, right? <laughs> so, uh, don't remind me. Yeah. Dark uh, times in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> was fun still, but yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not regarding, I mean, not about fun or whatever, but uh, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of a, problem to see that uh, uh, this stuff doesn't attract enough uh, female yeah. persons and uh, I think this is not just a problem uh, problem of the university or whatever right it's a problem uh, regarding the overall mindset right that's uh, yeah let's say girls or young women already kind of uh, or in the past at least were a little bit uh, given the impression that this is more for 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 men let's say right yeah it's it's such a shame i mean there are so many potential great female engineers out there who just who just never get there because uh societal pressures or you know gender roles just seal them oh, away yes. from it uh, and it's it's uh, an absolute disaster it's an absolute shame and we must do something about it i mean you can't rescue the world but if if or something like Those two episodes are a nice side pro uh, product of having having conversations uh, uh, once a month or whatever, right? With you, Thomas, and uh, having a lot of fun doing this and also doing stuff like this with the uh, with the links and laws as we do right now, right? I mean, then then this is uh, a good addition, I would say, right? So it's more than we expected in a sense, right? Mm. So, anyway, plus the fact that, of course, Elena. The also doubles as a uh, voice actress that, on that's true. That's certain true. episodes on the dark side. Yeah, I really like the vegan vampire stuff. <laughs> vegan vampires, yeah. Listen to vegan vampires. Yeah, this is the Halloween episode of yeah. this year. Okay, that sounds fun. I'll make a note. Of that. By, by the way, well, I mean, now that we are in this mood of making compliments instead of fighting or <laughs> slightly against each other, right? Uh, Damn, that was awkward. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Uh, um, it was really so, tense earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Was it? Was it? Was it? I mean, okay. Uh, it was just fun. Uh, I think we all It's called banter. No? So um I really like the 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 episode about where you did this role playing game. This was the Halloween one, right? Um so this uh, this kind of Star Trek role playing game well done guys, right? I think this was really creative. Um so um I I honestly I would not be able to do it, right? Because I'm I'm not like an actor or whatever and I'm not feeling like an actor. I'm always more like a uh talking just Whatever comes to my mind, <laughs> so and so, and I guess what you did is there is a lot of preparation and want to to basically do this, right? And uh, I really enjoyed listening to it. Right? Thanks for feedback. Oh, sounds fun. I must listen to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was really great. You haven't? Uh, okay, not yet. No, I'll I thought we were. I'm playlist. very busy. All right, I'm very busy. <laughs> I make a note to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> very, 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 very busy, right? <laughs> very busy, right? Okay.
guys were clocking in at about way more than two hours. That has oh, been yeah. more than fun. Would love you to have you on the, to, to have you back. Maybe January, maybe February, depending on your schedule. I'm joking. Needless to say, we are game to do it vice versa. Just let us know. Yeah, yeah sounds good. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Okay, guys. To cut long story short, thanks for joining. Mm. Thanks for having us. It was great fun. And yeah, thank you. And speak to you soon. Take care. Yeah. See you. Bye. See you. Bye. 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 This is the Linux in-laws. You come for the knowledge. But stay for the madness. Thank, thank you for listening. listening. This podcast is licensed under the latest version of the Creative Commons license. Tab attribution share alike. Credits for the intro music go to Blue Sea Roosters for the song Salute Margo, to Twin Flames for their piece called The Flow, used for the segment intros, and finally to Celestial Ground for their song Sweet Justice, used by the Dark Side. You find these and other ditties licensed under Creative Commons at Jamando, a website dedicated to liberate the music industry from choking copyright legislation and other crap concepts. <laughs> Tool is so. What is this again, right? I mean, this uh, this meeting software. It's blaming the tools like, again, are we? <laughs> so it's running big blue button. It's called big blue button. There's <laughs> no option. Oh, maybe I can do it in the browser. I mean, where where can you set the audio device? I mean, it's a conference software, right? You should be able to set your audio device, man. Maybe. Yes, if you if you click on the system tray, which is in your lower right hand corner, David. <laughs> <laughs> there you see this little speaker, but it's like a little speaker yeah. icon. If you're oh. on something called Windows, <laughs> is he on Windows again? No, I'm on Mac. I'm on Mac, but the the thing is, I want to select the device in the tool, right? What the fuck? I mean, why should I do this via the system? The tool should basically have access to this, right, or not? It's it's just in settings on the top right. Anyway. I mean, I'm not getting they, beer. They, not I'm not sure beer. where to get beer from. I'm in the studio. Fridge? Fridge, yeah. <laughs> nah, I'm in the, I'm in my, I, by, by the way, why, why are you always using David M as your nickname? This is totally confusing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point. <laughs> uh, so maybe I take this as a compliment, man. Uh, okay. Of course, of course. Uh, Nothing else. Uh, I, I, I'm sure, guys. How much of the the last part of the conversation do we keep in the in the podcast? Uh, on, uh, honestly, I mean, we you don't need to keep something like when I talk about our numbers or whatever, right? Uh, I guess this is unnecessary. Uh, it's whatever you like, but uh, yeah, um, would should be ended now and just say goodbye and leave it to you to do the post processing or 
How do we do that? Oh, unless you want to volunteer. <laughs> you didn't tell them, no? No, 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 no. no. That, that, your, your, your marketing department can do it, right? No, we didn't tell you. Fire but, some more. Um, um, yes, but this episode just went live. We're streaming. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth a try. <laughs> yeah, it was, man. <laughs> Okay. Thank you for being on For a reason called radio, right? (laughs) (laughs) Communism is great, yeah. Yes. It just works with the guy. Mm, what about the communism movie? is really, really great. I forget the movie. A- again, uh, again, I, uh, I uh, so, so now uh, we are we're doing this political stuff again, right? Anyway, so so <laughs> <laughs> meaning I, I'm not against the concept of communism, right? I, oh, I let's. Oh, uh, you could have. I just truly it. believe yeah. that the, the mankind is not ready for it. Yes, right? exactly. I it. Ah, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> People, we are recording now the fourth hour of the <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about. <laughs> Communism oh, now. Probably another fault to go with. <laughs> yeah, but it's not my fault, man. <laughs> there will, there will only the be time, another fault. Right? So, <laughs> no worries about that. So this is this is the world record with regards to the longest Linux epi- Linux in laws episode. We're looking at about roughly eight hours uncut. <laughs> Director's yeah. cut. Yeah. Director's cut. The no, rest may be um after yeah. After the outro anyway. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR is kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.